Welcome back, Martini Giant fans. This is episode number 90, featuring two films by interesting and fabulous director Kogonada, who directed a film in 2017 called Columbus, and his next film was After Yang in 2021. And we reviewed both these films for this particular podcast. I do want to give a specific shout out for a friend of mine who I've known for many, many years. As you guys may know, I used to be an architect in a past life. And uh, my good friend Eric Stoltz, not the actor Eric Stoltz, but the architect Eric Stoltz, and I, uh, he actually mentioned after, uh, Columbus to me as a film that would be good for this podcast many years ago. And I've seen it, I loved it, and finally convinced Eric and Dan to watch it, and we did this as a combo feature, and it was really, really good. Columbus is an absolutely amazing film that features some incredible architecture in a not well-known mecca of architecture in Columbus, Indiana, which is just incredible. So I absolutely love the fact that that was the setting for this story, which is a really, really good story. And I absolutely loved it. And then seeing after Yang was also fascinating. Uh, you guys know I have a love of architecture. And of course, as you guys know, Mr. Dan Thron has a love of Colin Farrell, who has done a fabulous job in after Yang as well. So it was a really lot of fun to talk about both of these films and to, to uh, you know, a, a great podcast about it. So super excited, very excited that we were able to do these two films. Um, as you guys know, we record all of our podcasts uh, in uh, over Twitch and have an audience participation, and we'd love to invite you to come by and do that with us. Um, this Saturday, which will be uh, April 16th, uh, 2022, Two, if you guys are following along way in the past, but yes, April 16th, we will be doing a, a podcast with, uh, which we're going to be doing road mill road films, uh, specifically because Dan Thrawn is about to go on a big road trip himself. And we figured let's do some amazing classics from the seventies. Uh, we're going to do uh, Sugarland Express and American Graffiti with Sugarland Express, obviously by Steven Spielberg, one of his famous breakout films, as well as American Graffiti, the breakout film from George Lucas. And those are really great. Now you could say, well, is American Graffiti an actual road film? Well, we'll find out. Come join us on Twitch to find out. And of course, if you want to know where to join us on Twitch, it is twitch.tv slash martini underscore giant. Again, that's twitch.tv slash martini underscore giant. And that will be on April 16th at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time or GMT minus eight in case you need to do a little bit of calculation there. But that is when we're doing it again, April 16th, GMT minus eight uh, uh, at 3 p.m. We're going to do Sugarland Express and American Graffiti. Uh, other than that, we also want to let you guys know that we have a Discord, and our Discord is extremely active, actually, uh, on a daily basis, and we'd love to be have you part of the Discord. If you guys want to follow our Discord, just make sure to go to uh, our Twitter, which is at uh, Martini Giant Twitter, and we have a link to our Discord there. But now, please enjoy... Episode number 90, Columbus and After Yang. Enjoy. How's everyone's week been? Good. Uh, busy. Mm-hmm. I think some good stuff's happening, hopefully. Um, I went to the L.A. River today. 
Oh yeah, you went a little off. Trying to catch some carp myself. And Um, success. Well, Andy and I. Andy's my fishing partner. Andy and I basically said it was more of a um, nature show. Then, uh, hey, Jay-Z, subscribe with Prime. Thank you, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And, uh, thanks for sticking around for at least the first uh, hour. We appreciate yeah. uh, your companionship. For sure. <laughs> That's great. But uh, the, the we saw a ton of carp. I, I, when I mean a ton, I mean like uh, almost like a hundred of them. That's a zillion, uh, And yeah. they were, they were uh, uh, behaving very erratically. And mm. we're like, what? Are they? And then we realized they're spawning. So they were spawning. Oh, got it. So they were not, they were kind of rolling around doing the nasty. Sh- shaking their, shaking what their mama gave them. Shaking what their mama gave them. But they, mm-hmm. but, but we, uh, one guy who was using like bait caught a big ass carp himself. So I took a picture of that. So can you guys see this guy? I want to see. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Nice. That's huge. That's <laughs> like 14 pounds. That's a huge fucking carp. I thought that was part of his shirt, but it's actually his carp. His giant carp. It's the size of his star. entire torso. That's more. <laughs> the only river is a. Um, it's quite a bountiful place. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of carp in there. Yeah. And they're tricky to catch. <clears throat> so that's fun. That's nice. It's a good day. Yeah. <clears throat> what about yourselves? Did you get? Did you get out to get some vitamin D today? Uh, I I got a little bit. We act, uh, we uh, had breakfast at um, one of my very favorite places in LA, which is up in uh, Altadena. Mm. Uh, little dinery place that's totally amazing. Uh, nice. What's it called? It's called uh, Foxes. We are not sponsored by them, and uh, uh, they're terrific. They're small, uh, and the food is totally amazing. It's just sort of comfy. It's a beautiful, comfy place. Nice. It's what a kind of bre- breakfast, a little more brunchy stuff or it's yeah, but I guess bre- yeah, breakfasty brunchy. Um, and, uh, yeah, they have like, it's sort of traditional dinery food, but with a little bit of weird spins and everything. It's mm. all good. No matter where you get, it's great. So, and it's like, it's a diner where it's like, it's a, uh, it's got the diner vibe. Not like, it's not like a fifties diner. It's like, uh, you know, like a little homey kind of place and mm-hmm. it's not, um, but it's not dingy. There are a lot of places like this that are a little bit, Sort of skunky, and this uh, this is actually a really really nice little groovy groovy yeah. joint up on that. Uh, so it's not the not like, quite greasy spoony. It's not a greasy spoon at all, no. Right. But it's a very charming small place, and uh, it's out in the middle. I don't know. It's just up by the hills, and it's really really pretty and not too expensive. So I expect I I recommend it freely uh, to our audience. Anyone in Altadena, north of Pasadena, north of Pasadena. Yep. Yes. Uh, nice place, Altadena. Actually, yeah, it's lovely. It was very sunny today. Nice, mm-hmm. nice day outside. It was, it was uh, people were mask-ish, but it's obviously getting the, people are getting more comfortable without masks in LA. Yeah. Yeah. and it's not just a bunch of rebels. Fuck you! I think these are <laughs> well, real yeah, legitimate people. It's vaccinated, so rebels, it's mask rebels. <laughs> yeah, I still, I still try to. I generally wear masks in you know, regular stores. And- yeah, I still do too. Right. I still do too. But, um, cause I'm a rebel and fuck you. That's right. <laughs> nothing going to stop you, me from, you can't make me wear started. a mask. <laughs> you can't make me not wear a mask. <laughs> you can't make me get on a ventilator. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> or actually, yeah, you can. I'll, I'll make, I'll do it myself. <laughs> but, 
I have not seen the Batman yet. I'm sad to say I'm dying to see this movie. Everyone says it's, I heard the Batmobile was designed by Ash Thorpe. Who is Ash? Thorpe? No. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. He's a concept artist artist. He's amazing. He's great. Just look him up on Twitter, Instagram or whatever. Instagram. I think he's definitely Instagram, but uh, he's an incredible, uh, uh concept artist and know really it. nice guy i got that i got him on a podcast and i chatted with him and i was like this guy oh is yeah it's super kind great. yeah pretty great no doubt mm-hmm. He's, he lives down near san diego um, yeah didn't you say that to us before because that's right you interviewed him mm-hmm. he uh, and he uh, was working at not psyop very where, where, where was yeah, the guy Psy- was, no he was doing he was working at it was uh psyop was it Psyop where you two guys uh, were working? Both of you guys were working. Oh right? yeah, prologue. yeah, right. Prologue, prologue. That's what it was. I did not. Sorry, he was at prologue for a little bit. I forgot the name. Yeah, but your artwork is. So lovely. He designed the Batmobile. Let me see the Batmobile. Okay. He's got a, a beautiful bit of work up there that uh, is uh, seems to be an, an ode to um, what is the Polish painter. Uh, yes, uh, Zadislav Vyksinski, who I love. Uh, if anyone wants to look up awesome, crazy art, the stuff that inspired H.R. Giger, as a matter of fact, mm. Zadislav Vyksinski. Nice. Very, very great. EGZ said he added uh, foxes uh, to his uh, places to go when he comes to L.A. Oh, yeah, you're going to love it. Yeah, it's very quaint. It's a bit of a haul. Altadena is not, 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 not. Yeah, because I'm, like we're yeah, I mean, like we're in Duarte, and it's like it's so like we have to. It's a little up and out of the way for us as well, but it's uh, mm. it's definitely yeah, you're you're you are a haul and a half. Oh, dude. <laughs> a friend of mine uh, was I was uh, got pack a lunch before you go to see one. <laughs> a friend of mine uh, was uh, uh, only going to be doing a layover in Los Angeles. His plane got stuck, and he was going to be was like, "Oh, I have a whole free day, whole free day." We couldn't figure out how to get us together. At for more than six minutes, that's how far away I am from wow. anywhere in Los Angeles. So it didn't work out. It's too bad. Yeah, and it takes a, yeah, it takes a lot of time. I have to bring my uh, camping supplies and head into Los Angeles and stay overnight if I want to see anybody in the next yep. time. All right, I want to uh, welcome a couple of new people that have joined our our Twitch, our, yep, our Twitch, uh, McGregor23. Hello, McGregor. Someone new. Another TV uh, viewer. Another TV viewer. He's here often. That's our she. Mm-hmm. And Agilette. Agilette? Agilette. Agilette. Who knows? Agilette. Agilette. Sure. Love it. Welcome. Today Welcome we are going to be talking about two movies by yes. the same director. Uh, Coconada. Yep, Coconada. And one is After Yang, which is new and available on Showtime. Um, and the oh. other is Columbus. Right. Anyone seen after movie? Yang after Yang. So, so th- what's unique about this, first of all, is, uh, Columbus is a movie that Eric and I have seen before, but it was the first time that Dan has seen it. I have never seen either of these movies. Right. And then we, none of us have seen after Yang because well, for a couple of reasons, one, it is, it is brand new. Mm-hmm. It's still in theaters, I believe, but, right. uh, and streaming wise, it's only on Showtime. Uh, and I believe it's a made by Showtime, so maybe that's no, they yeah they they produced it. They produced it. No. Mm. And as everyone knows, I'm a Colin Farrell fan. Yes, I deservedly so. Yeah, no, he's great. 
Uh, him and what? Uh, I keep <sighs> Moon, the guy from Moon. What's his name? Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell. Yeah. Sam Rockwell is also along the lines of a Colin Farrell, like amazing, yeah. very versatile. Yep. Daring choices. Yep. And um, and especially with Farrell, like he's a he's a leading man. He's like yeah, he has the leading man face when he still does leading man stuff, but he's as a as a professional, he seems to prefer character stuff and weirder films and interesting director choices and extra interesting director choices so i'm i'm i support that and all handsome people (laughs) i think you're mainly interested about it because of miami vice Uh, that is the core the very center (laughs) the the sun around which all other colin farrell work uh orbits is, uh, now there is a solution to get you to stop talking about Miami Vice because it happened with Eric as well, and that is to actually do a podcast on the subject. No, anytime you want, but yeah. you have to dedicate then, a day. <laughs> but uh, but uh, but yes, because you don't talk about Titanic that much anymore. So we got that out of your system. Oh yeah, I just talk about it with like I talk about it in the uh, in the pre roll, and I talk about it when we do ads in the center. I'll, I'll bring it up from time to time. Right, but um, but Miami Vice, yeah, to kick out those jams, it's going to take a little bit of work. <laughs> no, no two ways about it. All right, all right. Well, let's get into some of these films. Um, uh, where should we start with? So, Columbus was his first film, I believe, right? I think that's true. And now you guys are very connected. I mean, uh, you're both architecture aficionados, and uh, yes, Chris uh, is an architect, and Chris is an architect, and uh, I uh, have no architectural background whatsoever um right but so this this movie is very much about architecture for a specific reason for a very specific reason which i think and by the way i want to thank mcgregor for subscribing to us as well on prime very kind of you it really helps us out and appreciate it uh very much okay so columbus any has anyone in the chat uh uh seen either one of these films my guess is no. So we're going to have to get into it. <laughs> yeah. yep. But, uh, but is it, uh, okay. So McMonkey Man says no. All right. Um, so the movie Columbus is called uh, Columbus because it takes place in Columbus, Indiana. And uh, in Columbus, Indiana um, is a strange, it's a, it's just not a not a big city, uh, but it's a mecca for architecture. Some of the best architects, modernist architects of of, of the United States uh, or or in the world, have all designed incredible buildings there. So it's kind of like this absolute unexpected gem of architecture. It's an architectural Disneyland. <laughs> yeah, in, in a lot of ways, right. uh, and not not. Not dissimilar from Palm Springs, but Palm Springs is mostly about a specific kind of modernism. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is this is goes beyond that. So there's a lot of incredible Saarinen buildings and a bunch of other things that are very interesting. What and, spurned that? What wealth came from that area? I that don't. Made, I don't remember the story behind. Mills, or was it? I, I don't remember the, the the story behind what attracted all these architects to do that. There is a there is a very specific story about Columbus, which they don't get into in the movie. They just they use the town as a backdrop, uh, mm-hmm. and and they film it in a really great, um, uh, great way. Oh, that's who McGregor is, by the way. Did you see that in the chat? Hey, hey, hey. that's uh, that is my um um uh. 
for all intents and purposes, my brother-in-law. Oh, Hello, wonderful, sir. Good to see you. Awesome. I, uh, I game with him uh, as well as Dave 3D, who is nice. his brother. Sorry, to, that's all the dirty laundry I got. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Okay, so, um, so uh, the the this town is kind of like the important backdrop to this and definitely plays a role in it. And it is interesting how it's being portrayed in a lot of ways, but what, what, what was your, uh, what, what was some of your takes on this? So we can get into some of the details in general, but general overview of Columbus, uh, Dan, since you hadn't seen it before. I really, really liked Columbus a lot. I thought that was a great movie. And yeah. Um, and I think that uh, it really like, the great part about it is that it it really integrates the themes of the movie and the setting of the movie are one and the same and uh and so just by but at a certain point just by showing certain buildings you were saying something about the story and i thought that that's like that's just root great level fit filmmaking what other movie has since reminds you of that um, I don't know. I mean, like, I think that, local hero. Uh, oh yeah, local hero. Exactly. Local that's, hero that's, definitely that's, does that. Sure. Like you were like the local hero. Like there are things from local hero that you identify as part as meaningful places within the story, and you get a feeling and a meaning attached to it. And so when it touches back in that place, your characters land back in that place. That feeling comes up again. And, uh, and for a movie that is uh, so heavily rooted in. Uh, talking about architecture, uh, it turns it into the like their people's talk about architecture uh, then becomes instantly metaphorical about talking about themselves, uh, and like that is a plus filmmaking. That's what you should always be doing. And so, like, I love the look of it. I think it was a very architectural movie. Like, it had a very formalist approach in terms of its uh, editorial and its uh, cinematography. And uh, it was uh, excellently spare yet natural in its presentation. So there you go. Yes, it's it's a it is it is not a fast paced film. Let's just put it that way. Um, the The cinematography is outstanding. Yeah, in my mind, it's fantastic. And shockingly, and, and this is the same cinematographer that did did. Teenage Ninja Mutant Ninja Turtles, and also did the Green Lantern. Oh man, not not someone I expected to be a right. great cinematographer. Well, sometimes you do uh, three for them and then one for you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's it. And uh, I think it's I think I believe it was a, a female cinematographer. Yeah, a uh, woman. Someone? I can't remember. I I, know, yeah, I, so, I love the photography so much that I made, I made sure to pay attention to who the DP was, but I can't remember. Yeah. Uh -huh. And uh, I'll tell you this, as someone who used to do a lot of architecture visualization, mm -hmm. it is the best example <laughs> of how to shoot architectural spaces mm -hmm. in the most pristine and sparing way. Yeah. I think the camera moves very, like very minimal. Twice. Yeah. Very, <laughs> very, entire... very minimal. And always for a purpose. And for a very specific purpose. Right, without it being look at look at the camera moving, it's just it's 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 to follow a conversation along a hedge yep. as they are walking. Yep. Very very long takes as well. Most of the shots, yep. 
enormous amount of establishing shots. <laughs> yeah, and and like it'll just ride on that for quite some time. Like dialogue will mm -hmm. start, and you're not getting any closer. Like here it is, just let it be. You know. Yep. And even simple things like there's a that beautiful dolly along the uh, the, the fence fence. Right. That yeah. was great. And uh, I mean, they're both. She's on one side, and he's. Yeah, that like they're on opposite sides. And they were smoking. The conversation is spaced out, still feels natural, but is spaced out for the segments of the fence. And when they finally uh, introduce each other, it's at the break in the fence. And it's like very simple, but like that they just do it right. I was like, hey, someone did it right. <laughs> like it just feels good. Like it, like right. it feels like a natural, and uh, I mean, like it's, I wouldn't say it's symbolic, symbolic, but it's just like it, 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 the scene agrees with itself. Like it's the, the, that kind of what, that shooting. Some of the shooting style really did remind me of um, some of the uh, films from the fifties. I was mm -hmm. thinking of uh, uh, Walter uh, Walt, uh, Mitchum, Robert Mitchum, where mm -hmm. he's like on one side of the fence and he meets the woman. Or you know that they always use that fence divider, like in, oh yeah, what's uh, that you're talking about the um, the scary movie with the writing on the knuckles, right? Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, uh, Night of the Hunter. Night of the Hunter, yeah. Yeah, it's they do that. They separate it, and I know the visually why they're doing it, but it's just like there was a beauty to it that is really yeah, like there's a certain like, like this. This is what I mean. Like there's a it's like the with the architecture itself. It's like the architecture in uh, in the town of Columbus is not complicated. Like it's not noisy. Like no, it's it, gorgeous. <laughs> it's gorgeous. It's very simple, and what it's doing is very is right in front of your eyes. Right. And it just yeah. works. And then the filmmaking mirrors that. Like it just goes like, we're not going to get fussy. We're just going to no. let things. Well, do you right. think it's, it's because like when she said, you know, they wanted to change the way the banks were perceived and people right. can just flow in. And right. when she's explaining that, and maybe a lot of the way they present the characters as well, like yes. it's she, like, she obviously is not like him in so many ways, culturally, and uh, her education mm -hmm. and her confidence. And it's almost like there's a free flow. There's an openness of, you know, different people connecting with each other, like right. the bank. And the, and there's, and the, and the setting itself where you have the sort of like, there's a lot of like fairly lush greenery around and the buildings are sort of emerging from it all the time. Like you just get a shot and it's like trees, 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 trees. And then out of the middle of it is like this weird little structure that seems a part mm -hmm. of it, but also, strange at the same time and like that becomes sort of symbolic as to who these two characters are these characters uh by the way one is uh john cho who i uh like a lot and uh the i don't know the act uh the actress's name she was also in as enough for young as well yeah uh so i'm gonna look that up really quickly and uh let's see yeah, uh Haley lou richardson who is totally awesome in this movie as well both her and cho make like a great have a great dynamic yeah and yeah, like, yeah, yeah. they both seem very isolated uh in their situations like they have people that they care about very much but it's very complex like their 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 relationship their relationships outside of each other are very com complicated you know like uh uh john cho's father is dying and that's why he's here yeah, so I'm just going to get to the summary yeah. real quick because mo no, no one has seen this and we want to make sure there's context because there's, it's a very simple story, which I also appreciate, actually. Mm -hmm. yep. But there's a lot of nuance to it and it's really well played by these two actors. So right. the general story is that um, 
Parker Posey is also in it, and I love Parker Posey. Yeah. This is one of her uh, best she, things, right? This is one of the uh, best things I've seen her in. I thought that she was really great. Yeah. Movie. Well, she's no, come on, uh, best in show. She's, been, is she's hilarious. <laughs> best in show. I will do say, I will, but like in terms of just like just normal non caricature acting, which she's more. Known she does. Two. She she's a pretty good dramatic actress as yeah, well. I agree. Uh, but she yeah. So so basically, uh, she is um, uh, she is uh, an assistant to an old older man who's an architectural guy of some kind. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, we're good. And, and Rory, uh, Rory Culkin okay. is in it as well, who is excellent yeah. in this as well. Love so he, he is uh, this older man uh, who we, we don't even see. We only see him like, like a Jacques Tati background guy, <laughs> teeny <laughs> guy. Right. Which I believe Jacques Tati probably very much influenced oh, this yeah, film in a huge way. Yeah. Uh, we were going to do <laughs> pair this film with with uh, Monon, but we ended up pairing it with another one. But we'll get to that as well. Uh, anyway, uh, he dies uh, or is uh, uh, collapses and is in the hospital. Uh, John, John Cho, right? Is that his name? That's right, right? I'm not getting that wrong. Let me double check. John Cho. Yeah, yeah. John Cho, uh, who uh, was also in Harry and Kumar, as you may remember, yes, is also a fantastic dramatic actor. Uh, is the son who shows up and he's Korea, Korean, mm-hmm. uh, native, no, Korean, but you know, it's obviously American race as well. Yeah. Shows up immediately. You understand that he's there, but reluctant and has a, a strange relationship with his father or is reluctant towards his relationship right. towards his father. His father is a very successful academic of some kind, very much into architecture, obviously. Uh, and his son is just, you know, strange relationship. Uh, mainly probably because his father had seems to be have been with many of his students, shall we say. Um, anyway, uh, so that was uh, his arrival into town is sort of the, the start of this film right. and him trying to, you know, his father's in the uh, in a coma in the hospital and there's not much he can do. Uh, this relationship or this movie is paired with this woman, this young woman, uh, who uh, we mentioned earlier, and uh, she is uh, obviously a local to the town, and she uh, works at a library um, where uh, she's you know uh, trying to be a librarian and trying to figure out what she can do with her life intellectually speaking. Obviously, she is very bright, but she also comes from uh, a poor family, mm-hmm. um, and her mother uh, is a cleaning lady. And, uh, uh, and basically her mother, uh, and her live together and she feels, uh, very responsible to take care of her mother who has been in trouble many times with different men and addiction and and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. All sorts of stuff. So she Uh, feels like she needs to stay with her mother. Yeah. And the the mother is played by, um, Michelle, it's right at the tip of my tongue. Um, she is basically known for things like Battlestar Galactica stuff. Like that. She's a really, really good actor, and she's often in sort of B plus sci fi stuff. And I was just like, every time I saw her, I was like, man, she must be psyched to just be in a regular breakout, yeah, <laughs> and really, and really, like have a character that wasn't like wearing like space garb, <laughs> right? And she's right. very, very good at this. Yes, interesting um, that the director chose her too, like because it's completely opposite of. Yeah. And she was very good. Yeah, she was excellent. Yeah. All the performance and there's there's you pretty much that's that's all of the people in this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Like 
uh, uh, Rory Culkin, the girl, um, the uh, uh, John Cho, uh, and uh, the mother, mm-hmm. and Parker Posey. That's Parker it. Posey. That's pretty much the whole crew right there. Yeah. yeah. And um, you, like the, the dynamic of the movie is slowly uh, uh, Haley Lou Richardson and John Cho, who are both a little bit alienated from their personal circumstances, end up talking and becoming closer and closer friends and spend more and right. more time together. They get to know each other. And then each offers a perspective on the other person's family issues. Like that's more right. or less the structure of the movie. And, uh, right. And they also have a hard time understanding each other's mm-hmm. position. They're, they're, they're they sort of they reverse come... positions, right? Right. Yeah. Right. They, and, and the, you know, it's interesting. Like, for example, she's, you know, they, she's smoking. That's a, the cigarette was an interesting way of that I was bring interaction to happen. Right. Yeah. Because she's outside smoking and then he's, pissed off mm-hmm. and rebellious. And so his solution is to smoke too. Right. And so he bums cigarettes off her. That's how that relationship starts, which I think is a, an interesting way to. Yeah. Like I, if I can, I just want to say just to build off of that for a second, the, uh, I don't smoke kids. It's very bad for you. <laughs> that's, that's my <laughs> position before I say anything. Else. Both my, both my parents, uh, uh, were killed by smoking and, uh, uh, one of them well, in particular and other sort of a tangential way, but still. So I'm very against actually starting smoking. Don't do it. It's terrible for you. But that said, I love the smoking in this movie. I love it. And uh, because it's, I love smoking in old movies because it looks so good with noir lighting. But uh, I love them smoking in this way, in this movie because it is, a, it is a flaw and it's a dependency they have. Uh, yes. And it constantly shows the stress that they're under and they know the, that this is bad for them, but they can't quite stop doing it. And it's how they, they meet over the cigarette, as you said, and like they're, because they're they're there's trouble in their lives and that's why they're, they're stressed and their reaction to stress is smoking. Right. And so like when things get heated, they light up a cigarette, yeah, which is true. <laughs> and you, <laughs> and, and, which is true in real life, but, but they also, like oh, with the the cinematography is also incredible because it's all, they, a lot of the smoking, you know, like that when they're at the, not at the bank, but at the 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 the, the building with a cantilever and fr- when they're top of the car and she's smoking, that just the lighting of the oh, smoke, great. It was the it was just absolutely. This is such a subtly shot movie. Like it doesn't, it's not in your face about how great it looks. It's very, yeah. Like, like only now and again, I'm like, damn, that just looks. It doesn't. It doesn't stray from the core characters. Yeah, and it really helps. It accents the characters, not takes them away. Yeah, it's not, it doesn't it's not make you think. Oh, attention. the characters are in a cool world. Yeah, it's just exactly. Wow, I'm looking at the characters, and they're very. They're, the lighting was painterly. Yeah, particularly in some of the details on the on the fills. Yep, agreed. It was really nice, and it does the same thing with it. Like, I mean, it it has these very sort of like rectilinear square compositions when it shoots um, the architecture like which is appropriate and then they'll do things i mean they even say it in the movie it's just like what's great about this particular piece is that you know the cross on the building is slightly off center and they, but that's why it's balanced anyway and then you see it all throughout the photography like they'd be like oh it's totally rectilinear except for this you know it's just like a little bit janky like that much just like this is just awesome and like as i say with many movies i i you can easily read this movie as talking up you know, like architecture itself he could be talking about filmmaking or film and it would be the same 
Or he could be talking about relationships. Or relationships. It's how you feel when how you feel about stuff is the core of the movie. Right. It's but I also just you know, like you know, as a, as as someone who likes to make movies and stuff like that, it's this there's like there was like a shot, for example, it's like it's a total throwaway shot in a way, but she was cutting carrots or something. <laughs> right. And it was so perfectly lit. Yeah. Perfectly lit. Yeah, with making and so well established and right. so good. Right. And I was like, this is gorgeous. It's like the amount of time that was probably used to set up her cutting carrots was that's amazing. Because that's how that's how her and of her course, mom hundred oh, percent worth it. Yeah. It's like this is the this is how her mom and her express love for one another because they don't get a lot of on screen time to talk deep feelings like there's no it's just a little they watch tv they watch tv exactly and so all their that's this is the art that they share and like there is a conversation they have about whether this the soup is too subtle right and uh and they're basically talking about the movie just like the daughter's like you know like well i you know like you know, I, I was hoping it would be, I'm hoping it's, I'm hoping it's subtle because sometimes the flavor, you can see more delicate flavors come out that way. And the mom's <laughs> like, yeah, this is bland. <laughs> <laughs> Needs a little bit more snap. I was just like, this is terrific. This is terrific. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I, I'm glad you guys liked it. Cause when I, when I saw this movie and I was like, Oh, I'll watch it because I love, I, I lo I've never been to Columbus in the end, but I've always been fascinated by that. Mm -hmm the town uh and then i saw this and i was like oh shit man yeah did you see it randomly or did, is this something that no i, I well i saw i saw a trailer for it and i saw that oh. it was, i saw i knew it was about columbus so i was like oh i gotta see this and i did and i was like oh right yeah no it's it's really lovely and i think that the like it's um yeah it's like there's a there's a statement behind it that i agree with so much that it's pretty like one of my favorite bits in the movie is when they've they've met and they've been talking but they don't know each other very well yet uh and she's talking about the bank that they're saying we brought up earlier and right. she's like and he's like well yeah like because he doesn't really like architecture and she's like well he of course he doesn't like architecture because he doesn't like his father like yes, reminds her of exactly, his father and right. he doesn't want to deal with his father and so um he's uh he's like what do you like about this building and she starts giving him this spiel like that you, well, that you yeah. hear literally uh, a tour guide give, you know, like. But well, she also does tour guides. That's the thing. She does tour guides. So you I hear know. the tour, like she works as a tour guide on the side and you see her start to give the same pattern that you heard one of the tour guides already give about this building earlier. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and he stops there and she's like, no, it's, what are you doing? What the hell are you doing? Like, why do you like it? And she starts again. It's like, no, no, I'm not looking for the tour guide answer. What, what moves you about this building? Mm -hmm. And she thinks about it for a second and she starts talking and the sound cuts out all the dialogue and just goes to music. But it'll, oh, oh sure. no, 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 more specifically, yeah. more specifically, the camera then reverses and is now inside the bank looking through the glass. At, so at they're on her, right? at yeah, her. So you didn't, she's, and she's like yeah. making these gestures and talking and you can see that she's actually answering the question and all you're hearing is this beautiful music. I was just like, and, this movie knows exactly what it's doing now. Yeah. Like it was just because she has to give the best answer ever. And the best answer ever is in your head. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> was, That's yeah, the first was, time though, when you realize that he really liked her. 
Yeah, for because sure. Because yeah, he sure. hates his father and architecture so much. And when she starts to sound or try to sound like an architect, he's like, come on. Fuck off. Don't sound like <laughs> being an architect like my father because that's bullshit. Yeah. I, you come across as somebody I could like. And I like you know somebody with a heart. Yeah, I know you. Well, I'm asking the question about what you like. Right. What, what, where you're, you're coming from. And like, there's, right. oh, what was there? There's another great scene that was just like that, where it was like this, but there's these lovely moments like this where it's just like, he just lets it ride as a visual emotional experience instead of like, he, you already, you already know what's happening. You don't have to, ha it doesn't have to re explain to you. And now you just get to experience it. And it's really beautiful. You know, and I think that, that that's the, like, you don't need a lot of control. You don't have to force the audience to have an experience. You just have to trust the audience will have an experience. <laughs> and like, he's, he's very, 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 the, this director is, is, was, he nailed it absolutely with this movie. Yeah. And it's, it was, it was absolutely great. So um, the, the, the thing that I thought was really the, 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 the relationship between the two of them and the struggles that each of them are going through mm -hmm. is really good. And the, the way that they play it out over time is also really good. Mm -hmm. So as we know, the struggle that, that uh, the male character uh, that, that has is, is his relationship with his father mm -hmm. and also the relationship he has with Parker Posey, which was, which is weird, weird. Yeah. Yeah. And great that that, that lunch, cool. yeah, that lunch was, or whatever was strange. Yeah, yeah, it's great. And she's like, "Okay, I think we should leave." Nope, I'm gonna have another beer. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. That was, okay. that was, like, that was, was <laughs> when he was kissing her. Though that was, oh yeah, it's so because that, that was and come way right she after did it was like this angry housewife, you know, from the 50s. Oh, dude, when, like, when you gotta go, like, uh, like that. There's a sequence for everyone listening. There's a sequence where things are just like nothing's changed with his dad. It's only gotten slightly worse. He's in a room with Parker Posey, who is, you know, his dad's caretaker slash, you know, lover. And, uh, and he's sort of admitting that he had a crush on her when he was young. Oh, it's a very awkward, stressy scene to watch. And, uh, and the scene that like, there's like the actors clear the frame pretty early. And then the scene plays out entirely in the two mirrors in the background. Oh yeah. And so you're like, you see them framed on this little wall and you're watching them have this one interaction. Then they become separated right. and he's in one mirror and she's in another mirror. And right. it's just like, you didn't have to do that, but there it is. It's great. <laughs> like, yeah. This is, this is a, a scene about people projecting uh, sort of a reflection of someone onto the other. You know, like, she's like, you look like your dad, you know, and like, they're not actually seeing each other and we aren't actually seeing them. I'm just like, right. There you go. Simple. There was, there was another amazing shot in the, in the car where everything's out of focus, except for the rear view mirror. That's yeah, very small in frame and everything's happening in the rear view mirror, which yeah. is incredible. Yeah, <laughs> you super, can see, super, super yeah, it's like, my God. I mean, Eric, you're right. It was like a painting. I mean, it's like incredible. Just the way it was framed and the lighting. There really was. Because I was like, oh, that's a great shot. I was going to take it to copy. And Can we talk about... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Me yeah, I was just going to throw in. Maybe my favorite scene in the film is... Uh, see if I can do it. 
your mom. Did she do meth? <laughs> yeah, that was good. Yes, yes. <laughs> and and then she just burst out laughing. <laughs> this is one of the great, great moments I've seen in any indie film in quite some time. It was the best. Like just, it just shows how out of touch she is. It's and so she just, just thinks it's hilarious. Okay, so just to put it in, in context. They're obviously starting to get to know each other. He's trying, he uh, definitely shows that he likes her. He's trying to understand a little bit. She's talking about, you know, the struggles in her life. And then at one point she's talking about the town of Columbus and she's like, you know, there's a lot of meth in this town. Yep. And then he, he was like, your mom, did, did she do meth? And then she just bursts just out laughing. laughing. And then he just, just like, to him. he's like, your mom, did she do meth? <laughs> he's, like, he's like, you don't hear it? Fine. And she says it again. Your mom, did she do meth? He's like, I don't understand what you're doing. And she just goes, your mom. <laughs> Three times. Like, she's talking and laughing and that, laughing. Like, hysterical, dude. It was, just, it was just so good. Like, it mimics him ridiculously. And then in the end, he's just like, well, did, did she? And she, uh, she, didn't do, she didn't do meth. And she goes, yeah, she did. <laughs> yeah, it was it was such a gold moment, and I was like, I'm so in love with these actors, and they have perfect chemistry. The shots great, and just like it's all so fucking simple. It's just simple. It's like you simple. watch you watch something like that happen, you're like, why do you need all the extra bullshit? Like here it is, it's working. Like you don't need any right. other, you know, flashy nonsense for a scene to work. This is just working. Single shot, there it is. It's perfect. Right. Yeah. It works. Right. And it's interesting because they're both trapped, right? Like mm -hmm. he's trapped in the sense that he cannot have a relationship with his dad and he, he doesn't even want to be there. Yeah. Right. And then she's trapped because she feels she can't go anywhere. Right. Right. And passed. so even though she's been offered some great positions, she offered to go to Yale, you know, well, a lot of. Yeah. But we don't know ahead. how serious that was. We don't know how serious it was. Yeah, no, it could, but she could be right. She could be like, "Oh, this is someone just being nice." Yeah, yeah. someone being nice, and that's it. Right. That shows her wariness of right. all the bullshit. Of, and there was a class thing there too. Right. You know, oh, he, very much so. And yeah. and that's it. Like I'm game to what you know the bullshit. Wealthy right. Yale scholars. Well, her her mom has lived a hard life. She's been betrayed many many times by people that were untrustworthy, you know, and now she's like, uh, like because of that, because her mom's experience, like she's very protective of her mom and then using that to protect herself from equal disappointment. Like I got to, right. I have to pay attention to my mom. I have to take care of my mom, you know? And, um, and, uh, John Cho can see like, it's a, it's a little, I think you're kidding yourself a little bit. Like it, you wouldn't have even brought this up unless you were interested. You know, and so he pushes on her to say, like, your mom's right. You should do this stuff. And that really makes her upset. <laughs> yeah, because that's that's her way out yep. of how much that's the so that, that's the way that she's not going to be disappointed is like, that's OK, because I have to take care of my mom. Right. Right. What did you feel about him once he made the move on Parker Posey and she rejected him? How did you see him in his perception or at least how he looked at? uh the the uh the other girl well i think that it was i think it was like, really it was risky to do that for that character uh and i liked that because like if it had just been sort of 
because like though uh it's like, like i don't think that it's sort of it could have maybe they hooked up but there's no like definite anything like uh, I, I get the feeling when they when she spends the night over his house like she just spent the night over there because they stayed up talking like i don't i don't think anything necessarily happened but uh like the movie is sort of like it's a romance with a big age difference and like to just sort of say that there's oh yeah john cho has just he's just an angel come to tell her what what's good in life without any like belief that he might have any sexual feelings or like be in love with her or anything like that it would be ridiculous and it's like by projecting it off onto parker posey you know in this moment when parker posey is like oh you look at this like your your father who i screwed you know and then he tries to take control of it via this sort of like repressed feeling that he has like it makes it honest you know and i'm just like this is like that's a real guy now like like uh, that he has com- he has complicated feelings that he doesn't really you don't know if he's actually attracted to um uh the main the the woman the main character um but they're having such a a good time together and an important time together that to not address that any kind of feeling at all like that is i think would have been a mistake yeah i i saw it as he basically you know you can perceive him in the in, in the environment they set him up in and the way he gets out of the car that he's very wealthy mm-hmm. and upper class and he makes a move on Parker and it's like, yeah, he's just some rich d- dog, you know, right. and, like going after and another girl. Why not? And maybe because of a power play with his father. Mm-hmm. But it definitely by doing that, it kind of made him like the woman from Yale. Like he's really interested, but maybe he's not so interested. He's just trying to get through this hard time. Yeah, and, well, yeah, exactly. Like it, it deepens him into a character where you're like, like he's not an icon, right? No, but to be like that, you whatever he says to her, mm-hmm. you're kind of like because she really needs a break, and right. she didn't believe the person from Yale, uh, mm-hmm. Deborah Burke, and right. now it's like, uh, yeah, don't believe him either. Yeah, it's an no, interesting it's, twist. Uh, yeah. Like that one mirrored moment, not straight on. Right now, you're like, he doesn't. You know, she's she's well, right to be apprehensive. I, I think that's I think that's right because I mean, like that, that's because there are other. I, can't think of one right off the top of my head, but there are plenty of other movies where, like, you have this sort of, you know, uh, so it's sort of like the reverse of the manic pixie dream girl, you know, where it's just like this guy, rom coms do this a lot, where it's just a guy shows up and he's just so kind and he doesn't want anything bad from you at all, you know, and like that's fine in that kind of a movie, but then when you're talking about like real, like a real character movie like this, like to just let him be, you know, a, a simple, good person is would have felt like because you get you get a complex view of her the entire time and then he's sort of resistant to giving any details about himself and then you find out this detail about him and it makes you feel weird and well, yeah. also it i i just actually thought of her mm-hmm. meaning you almost in a way want to root for her to get out like yeah she's sure. going to have an opportunity to get out right and then immediately he turns himself into the woman from Yale. It's yeah, like, sure. yeah, maybe he's not going to actually, because, yeah. you, you know, in, in a 50s movie, you'd be like, I'm going to pay for you to go to Yale. Yeah, exactly. You right. know? And, right. and oh my gosh, are you really got oh, the cars God, here? The Get the steamer yeah, trunk. Right. Right. And it's not. And it's like, she has like, to make the choice. She has to do the work. She's got to make this, for it to be a valid movie, she has to do all that. Choose to do it. Right. Right. Yeah, and but she's, you're like, eh, she's not going to get out. 
yeah. well. But I, I like that uh, Parker Posey is essentially uh, his Macaulay, uh, rather uh, Rory Culkin. You yeah. know, and uh, because like she is like like I love the dialogues that her and Culkin have. I think they're terrific. And she, oh, it's so good, it's so great. And he obviously just loves her, like outright loves her. And she right. is kind of abusing that the whole time. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. Know, not, in a, not in a really bad way, but you're like, women do that. Well, <laughs> people do this. Like, it's just, really? sort of like, you know, this is a, this is not what I want, but it's enough of what I want that I'll string this along for a little while. And I'm yeah. Just like, oh, it's a, it's man, comforting really to know that someone wants me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and like, and he actually is like, he has some of the like best little monologues in the movie. Like when he's talking yeah. about uh, the difference between attention and interest. I was oh, like, that was so good. This is gold, dude. Yeah, it's just like, you know, the to sum it up for the for the listening audience, uh, it, they're just talking about. Oh, first of all, they're talking about the things that are written in the sides of the pages of books by people that have taken the books out, and that's called marginalia. And so this movie is made up of marginalia. Like this, these characters are marginalia characters. And so for them to bring this up, that's what they're talking about. But like mm-hmm. he discovers this meaning in this marginalia that he wants to report to her because they're friends and they're working in the library. And, right. uh, and he says like, well, th- this, all these notes, this, whoever this was added up to saying, you know, say there's this, uh, you know, like a grandfather, you know, uh, loves to read, reads incredibly long novels and, uh, and his son, his grandson loves to play video games and the grandfather's like, well, you know, I tried to play video games, but you know, I couldn't, it was just like two minutes and I gave it up. But why couldn't he learn to like read if he only read great long books, you know? And then the boy's like, well, you know, like I tried to read a great long book and I gave it up after two minutes. The way we think about it is like the kid has attention deficit disorder. Right. And they were like, the grandfather's no. right. But actually they both aren't interested in the other person's thing. That's what's actually right. happening. They both. He doesn't have interest. Yeah, they don't have attention because they do not have interest in what they're doing. Like, I don't want to have this experience of a thousand page long novel. And you're saying I am invalidated because I can obviously pay a lot of attention to video games. And, but I can't take on the challenge of a thousand page book. Right. And I was like, that's just like, it's just great. And again, talking about the pace of the movie, it's just like, just because it's slow doesn't mean it has to be pretentious. And, just because they're saying heavy things doesn't mean you have to overdo it. Pay attention. Yeah. yeah. Like pay attention. What, like if you're interested, if you, if you look in the marginalia, you'll find something. Is that also right. pay attention to your surroundings? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And if you have an interest in architecture, it doesn't make you a more cultured and sophisticated person yes. either. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah, sorry. It doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> like, we've talked about it in this show many times. Like I am uh, I am the anti-snob snob. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, there's nothing worse to me than film film snobs who are just like, oh well, if you haven't seen you know Dreyer's work, then you haven't lived. And you, all you watch is Die Hard. Like, well, right. they're both fucking yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, I tell I tell you what what really sort of did it for me specifically in some ways is because he, like I said, they shoot everything so well, and you get these gorgeous pieces of architecture, which in some cases it's almost hard not to film it perfectly, right? Yes. Like it's just so, yeah. so gorgeous. Right. But then at the same time, they shoot her walking down an alley, yeah. <laughs> a dirty alley yeah. and it's perfect <laughs> and it looks right. gorgeous. Yeah. Right. That, that DP man, wherever she was. Or, 
Right. Or or the or the one where you just see a shot and you see the guy on a skateboard go by yeah. and it's like oh. yeah. this is gold. This is gold. Like, this is gold. It it brought it brought back like strong emotions that I have about like the the height of indie filmmaking, you know, like in the like nineties, yeah, like late eighties to early nineties. I was like, this is the kind of stuff that you'd see a lot of and rarely ever done this well. Um, right. But I was very, very excited to see something that was just like, that was taking its time and saying something meaningful without patting itself on the back or um, being righteous about what it's saying or anything like that. It's just sort of like letting the right. experience happen. Yet it was a very tight, focused statement. Like it, they, they really, really nailed it. They really nailed it. And th- listen, uh, like like I was saying earlier, this is this is not a a, a new uh, uh, type of script. Like th- mm-hmm. this this story has been told before, sure, for sure, right? Yeah. And and that's that's fine. You know, we've seen a lot of movies of and 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 they usually, like you said, they usually end up like where it's like they get together and they get out of town, or she gets out of town. She always does. The one that's really bad is they always have this thing that she's the person that needs to be saved, mm-hmm. right? Right. And that she laughs that one off, just like your mom. Did she do math? Like, <laughs> it still makes me laugh. That's one of those are the best scenes I've seen in a while. <laughs> it's just like you almost don't have to make the rest of the movie. The scene is so good, but the rest of the movie is also that good. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, EJZ has to go. Sorry. You have to go. Uh, we'll definitely catch up with you later. You definitely need to stream this or rent it. I believe it's available for rent. I actually watched it through canopy. Uh, mm-hmm. if you guys don't know canopy, it's great. <laughs> yeah. And it's through uh, the library system. So if you yeah, it's through card. the library system. So it's basically a, a free streaming network that you can use. If you have a library card, right. this is in the United States, obviously, yeah. uh, you can get uh, Canopy and I, you can watch a certain number of films a right. month or something like that, right? right, right, right. Yeah, it's, uh, and it's also a great film to watch on Canopy because it's a pretty bookish movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like there's a lot of love of books and architecture and all this kind of stuff. So it's like, it's the perfect, it's the perfect library movie, I think. Like it's right, a, it's a right. pro library movie. Yeah. Um, uh, McGregor 23 says carrot symbolism equals decoy or trap. Uh, it also can represent prosperity or family joy. Good communication with colleagues. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I think that the, like, this is the kind of, like, I believe all stories work as s- symbolic things. Right. And uh, you should never treat your symbols as something that like you're getting over on the audience. Like they'll never understand me. You know, like these things should just mean this and all parts of your movie should be focused on connecting these things. And it's hard to find a movie that does this recently better than Columbus. Like it is what it says and that's what you want. I also think, you know, what was really good about it to me also is thinking about this as his first film. Yeah. Like I'm going to do. You know, like he was, he has a, he has a, he has a, a vision of like a film that he wants to talk about. Right. And, you know, like it's like Eric wants to do heist films, right? Like uh, that's sure. what you should do as a, like a, as a heist film is always a, a good idea, right? Because you can, you, there's a lot of things you can fit into this. Well, he did exactly as like, I want very simple relationship story mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> centered around an environment that tells a story and use as much of the, uh, uh, of the plot and the story and the dialogue to reference back my own filmmaking experiences right. or what I want to talk right. about. 
Right. Now, you like, have you ever wanted to make a film like this? Is this a film that you would want to have made? I can see you making something like this. Case. Me? Uh, yes, except it'd be a road film. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like this, there is, there is a lot of similarities in this idea and this plot and Paris, Texas. like Paris, Texas to me is the film yeah, so I want. Perfect. Yeah. Right. That's, right. A, that's, that's the first film. Right. That's the, that's the film I want to make. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, and it does similar, uh, it doesn't do the same. It's not the same story at all, but it's a, it does the same. It has the same technique of like, it lets you arrive at what's being said. Right. Like it's not, poking you in the face with it. it just goes like well you're gonna you'll figure this out and it's gonna make sense to you and then right like, as it as it unfolds you're like ah, yeah i gotcha <laughs> yeah it was yeah it was great and also you know the thing that i think also was is is nice about it is that it it's not uh it's not pretentious <laughs> Yeah, right. Well, yeah, like now we've talked about because it could easily be very pretentious about the architecture and the the the, the, the cultural right. And like, like people, there are, I'm sure there are people that think this movie is pretentious, but I think that those that's a pretentious viewpoint. Like I think that there's a like like pr like you should always try to aim to make a movie that like what even if you're making a Marvel movie, like you're saying something with your movie, like it's making a statement of some kind, um, and. Like we only, only things only get called pretentious essentially when you are there's a distance between you and your audience and how you're saying the thing. Like, mm. and if you're if you're saying it uh, too hard, like you're saying it harder than you need to say it, or using a technique that's hammering it too hard for the audience to have the realization it needs to have, then it's probably going to be they're going to feel like it's pretentious. It's like, it's, it's, it's aiming up here for some reason when the movie is actually, the feelings are down here. And, uh, whereas like, I don't think that like, there are plenty of super arty films that I don't think are pretentious, right? There, there are superhero movies that I do think are pretentious. Uh, and so it is which one black widow. Yeah. Uh, it's a very, very pretentious. I, film. And, I had not seen it. It but, is a yeah. genuinely terrible film. And though it's well, the certain Batman films are very pretentious. The yeah, Nolan like films, were yeah, like I don't sure. Like, I, I think that, like, for instance, like Dark Knight, uh, particularly done this, like Dark Knight versus uh, what's the third one called? Um, Rise of uh, Ri uh, the Dark Knight Rises. Like, uh, the Dark Knight, it's not a totally successful film, but it has a thing it wants to say and says it really well, and it's a good movie. Whereas Dark Knight Rises, like the thing it wants to say, like how it's saying it is way more important than the movie you're watching. And that's why it falls apart. Hmm, like, right. It's, it's more interested in telling you the thing it's saying than having the movie be the thing it is saying. Right. And uh, that to me is the, that's what pretentious really means to me. It's like, don't let your movie uh, get ahead of itself like that. Like the movie should always be what you're saying. As opposed to, uh, anyway, fuck all the stuff I, I'm showing you. I'm just going to point at you and say things. Like, that's not a right. And, uh, and it's, you see this a lot in movies, uh, like, movies like this. And it's too arch or they, you know, like they're trying to clarify things just in case you don't get it. Like, this movie doesn't do that. It just lets you find it. Like, all the things are there. It gives you room to wander around and find them. Yeah. But pretentiousness I, could just come from... Like, because a lot of that stuff that you just mentioned could come from just uh, 
you know, studio overtaking the edit. Sure. And it just becomes this hodgepodge of crap and pretentious <laughs> because they feel this, they're talking down to the, the um, audience. Yeah. I, 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 again, it's not, it's not the same film, but I felt, and you mentioned it earlier, local hero in this film feel similar to yep. me in some ways. Another and I an love Ernie local film, hero. but an like local hero is terrific. And that, I think I saw that for the first time for Martina. I, that's one of I love that movie. Like that's just a just a great just a great movie. <laughs> like the fact yeah. that it's weird is part of its beauty. You know, and it, it what I think you know you think you're gonna get like some weird comedy like or, or some funky you know village comedy or yeah, quirky you know yeah. sneak guy goes into into the village and blah 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 blah. you know it's gonna be like waking ned divine or something right. like that and it's not it's like oh this took a completely different yeah, direction a whole different world in that movie right and uh and like yeah because there's like a there's a whole fucking run of those waking ned divine represents like 18 movies from that period like the yes. englishman that went up a hill and came down the mountain like all these movies where you're just like Oh, the charming countryside people, you know, kind of stuff. saving grace. Remember yeah, that one? Yeah, exactly. And like, it's not that these aren't yes. pretty good. Movies. Uh, they're fun. Those are fun movies. Yeah, it's fun movies. They're fun uh, movies, but they're not, you know, but like this, but local hero puts you in a place. Like you become a denizen of local hero. Right. And, uh, and as you come to understand the flavor you're experiencing and you, be, you become a part of the community of the movie, like that's why it's a very special uh, the ending movie. with the phone booth is just like it's perfect. It's flawless. The best way to end the movie. Yeah, it's the best ending. Yeah. I, it has to be. We'll have to do a a a a a, a a thread on Discord about favorite endings of movies. Yeah, uh, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. Jason, speaking I, of which, I, I want to, to make sure to start that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to make sure people know about our Discord just in case. Just in case, I'm sure most of you would know about it, but just in case, uh, I'm dropping a link. Uh, in our, um, uh, in the, in the Twitch chat here, make sure and join our discord. We would love to have you there. Uh, we have lots of great discussions. Actually, our discord's doing really well. I'm very happy. Yeah, it's fun. fun. Join up. So, uh, make sure and join our discord. We'd love to have you there. And, uh, if you are a subscriber on Twitch, you get access to the subscriber only section on our discord, uh, which is also great. So, um. Who just joined recently? Uh, McGregor, right? Yes, McGregor, you just joined. So if you join our Discord, make sure and let me know so that we can uh, add you to the subscriber only. I haven't figured out how to make a bot or my moderator has, uh, has not made a bot yet. Right. So, right. Um, yeah. Yeah. The, old, the old people can't figure out the bots. <laughs> I think I, uh, uh, CTJ, I believe that I did add you to that, uh, to our, uh, members only section. If not, no, we'll let me know. Forward. Welcome forward. Yeah, no, did I, didn't I? I'm almost positive. I did. Yes, you are, uh, on, on the, on that. So yes, you, you can totally, uh, be part of it. Yeah. It's been, uh, it's been hopping over in the discord. We like that. Yes, Lots of good stuff definitely like uh, our conversations there. And uh, he's making muffins uh, as, as well. 
Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Done. Yes. Oh, great. So he, <laughs> I'll tell you what, CT Jenny, go on to our Discord and uh, give the muffin recipe in the subscriber only section. Yeah, like there, there we go. <laughs> that's what he's, he's going to do. So that will encourage people to, if they want to know how to make muffins, uh, subscribe to Mark. Yeah, that's right. That, I think that's perfectly reasonable right there. That's what's perfectly for. reasonable. Yep. Yep. Uh, Anyway, so let's tell uh, uh, Eric or Dan tell us uh, what your uh, thoughts are. What happens at the end of this film? Um, my uh, like, she goes. Oh, she goes away. She's following the invite, right? Mm -hmm. um, and uh, which I like that that wonderful scene, like when she's in the car and crying, leaving her mom. I was just like. That's like, they don't make a, instead of making the corny scene out of it, they make the real scene out of it, which is fantastic. Uh, mm -hmm. Like they don't, they don't play it. They don't play it for the front row. They, they let it, let it happen. Uh, mm -hmm. And then uh, in the end, it's that, it's that beautiful, big red and white bridge. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. In the ending shot. That and, bridge. and the, oh, uh, they discuss bridges earlier via the, healthcare facility which is designed for mental health uh at at the beginning um about architecture as a healing place and the architect wanted the bridge this to be a literal bridge from uh trouble to wellness and then yes. the last shot is a shot of the bridge and headlights coming up over the bridge and uh, heading our way which i took it to mean as we were just seeing her in the car that she is traveling from being troubled to wellness by making her choice of leaving Columbus. Right. That would be my feeling. Uh, it's a very That's, lovely shot. Very lovely yeah. film. Yeah. That's strange to think. It's very beautiful, subtle, sophisticated film for a first-time director. Yeah, it's really wild. It's really wild. Yeah, like it, now, but he had done like, some smaller things, I believe. Sure. I don't know what he did. He did. Hold on, let's look him up. Yeah, but a very, very nicely controlled, thoughtful, and uh, uh, sure, for as slow as it is, it is completely without flab. Like there's, right. no, it, it doesn't feel like there's any, anything you can take out of that edit. It's just all there for a reason. Yeah. So he had done. Oh, he had done a ton of shorts, a ton yeah. of documentary shorts as well. Right. Huh. Uh, Speaking of which, I want to, you know, help uh, support my, um, my buddy Spaz. His uh, short uh, documentary about his, himself uh, premiered at South by Southwest to some very good reviews. Yeah, Spaz, nice. Yeah. Um, so he's a he. <laughs> uh, there's a, the review about it. Uh, there was a review in the Austin uh, uh, newspaper about it that came out and talked about what a challenging character he was yeah. to, to, to witness right. and, you know, the, all the alcoholism and all these other things. Mm -hmm. And so as himself posts the review on Facebook, he says, it's about as awkward as my yearly uh, performance review at ILM. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, this uh, raging alcoholic is uh, incredibly talented and difficult to work with. <laughs> Wonderful. <Yeah. laughs> um, and I have to read this because it. he posted it up there. Oh, God, this is so funny. He posted it up there and uh, someone responded on Facebook. 
with the following. He goes, uh, you having a uh, you having a uh, a call with Disney executives while you were taking a shit at core was one of the most <laughs> punk things ever. You didn't even try not sounding constipated. <laughs> Lovely, it's pure love. Yep, that is that is a good example of spaz as yep. a as an example. So right he's on, a right on. baller character. Right I am, yeah. So I'm very curious about it, and I'm trying to get him. He said he will try to come back on Martini Giant. That'd be uh, fantastic. Yeah. If you'd have it on Martini Giant, that'd be really good. Although that honestly, that would be a challenge to have him on. He's a he's a he's a he's an interesting person. But yeah. uh, we'll see. We'll see if he wants to to talk about that. Uh, but I definitely want to have him back on uh, CG Garage as well to talk about uh, the documentary because it's. It's cool. That's um, and the the same guy who did. Uh, have you guys ever seen Life After Pi? Oh, no, I have not. No, no. the duck on the collapse of. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, what's of the Rhythm studio? Hughes. Rhythm Rhythm Hughes. Hughes. Yeah, so it's the same guy who did Life After Pi. Uh, nice, nice. Yeah. And uh, who who I believe is an ILM uh, VFX guy started at least in that area. Uh, for those uh, listening, the the uh, this is the Life of Pi's visual effects. Uh, collapsed an entire company. It sounds mm-hmm. it's yeah. It sounds uh, much better than I'm making it. <laughs> it was a disaster. <laughs> yeah, uh, hideous, hideous disaster. But that's yeah. how the business works. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, it is. And people say, you know, there was actually a producer who at one point said, and I don't know who who did, no one's said who that producer is uh, publicly, but. He literally said, I have not done my job unless I have bankrupted a visual effects company. Nice. That is a caring mm-hmm. thing to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Meaning that basically, like, I have to work them so hard that the company goes yeah, out of business. Yeah, just There's been a lot of visual effects companies that have gone out of business mm-hmm. uh, because of the way that Hollywood has treated that. Ch- that chasing industry. the dollar down the hole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Making people compete against each other. Yeah. I uh, do remember I was working at a one particular visual effects company, right? And uh, they were competing. They were bidding for a job. So they had to do, quote, unquote, a test to show that they could do it. And um, that particular company did a terrible test. I'm just going to be very honest about it. It was just not a very good test. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they gave a really low bid number to Mm -hmm. that project. And then another company did a really good test. Uh, we saw that you signed up. Uh, nice. uh, did you? Yes. Hey, sorry. Uh, let me finish my story and I'll get back to you in a second, McGregor. Um, another company did a really good test and it had a higher number. So they awarded it to the company that did the really bad test with mm-hmm. a low number. And they said, Why? you want it, but you have to make it look like this test. <laughs> oh. Wow. Ugh. Ugh. Really? Yeah. I'd say. Disgusting. What was the name yeah. of that company? I am not going to give you those names, but I will tell you it was ridiculous. It was um, so, so, so McGregor, <sighs> uh, if you if you signed up for it, make sure. I think you have to go to the rules section and check, uh, do a check mark on the rules, and then you will be uh, fully into our Discord. Because otherwise, I don't think I can see you uh, on there. And then once you've done that, then I have to manually add you to. Um, to the to the thing, but I will take care of that. If I don't do it right away, I'll take care of it uh, for you uh, afterwards. But welcome, welcome, welcome. Appreciate you coming on board. Absolutely. Um, 
Yes. Okay. Uh, all right. Listen, it's uh, we're. I think it's time for us to take a quick break. So we're going to do our 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 our, our two minute ad. Uh, if you are a subscriber, you shouldn't see ads. You will continue to be on there. And then uh, when we get back, uh, we will continue talking about after Yang. That's right. We finished um, our before Yang period, and now we're moving before on. Yang. And now we'll be talking after <laughs> Yang after having seen this film. Yeah, we are. Uh, but we'll be back. We'll be back in two minutes. Please stick around, uh, and uh, we'll be back in uh, two minutes. Cool. So we're hitting the button there. Uh, and McGregor, thanks for joining our Discord. Make sure and share with people, by the way. Amen. Discord and stuff. Are we uh, are we advertising now? We are we are advertising. It's going to be uh, two minutes, as I said. Uh, so yeah, that's. Uh, uh, we'll see what else can we talk about during this. this during ad. Time? What are What are you? Uh, well, I'm excited. I, this I can say at least on the on the uh, semi private thing. I have the I have I can't say what it is, but you guys know. I, uh, my one of my short films is soon going to be debuting in a broader arena. Yeah. yeah, I know. Which I'm very excited. I'm about. very yeah. excited about that. We'll announce the details of that when that actually goes through. But I'm very happy. You mean about Vimeo it. isn't broad enough? Not quite. <laughs> Not quite. Yes. Well, there's going to be some advertising potential put behind this thing. Yes, which is exciting. And yeah, um, and uh, I can't wait to actually talk about that. I've made a number of short films, so who knows what it is. But um, yes. this is this is a good this is good news. See if they want to see if they want to do uh, 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 Vera RRL as well. Oh man! So, tell them tell them it's a two it's a two package deal. <laughs> that's right. I'm sorry. It's a two, two, two picture deal. That's what we got to do. Um, you don't get one without the other. <laughs> if, if you happen to uh, if you happen to know me on Facebook, please hit me up. And I'll tell you all about it in a personal way. I suppose no public way. Yeah, yeah, no, no. It's, this is very exciting stuff that's happening. So. Um, can't wait for that development and i think that that short is uh could get a lot of attention and turn into something bigger i hope yeah right yeah yeah i'm happy with it i'm very very good news and so like one thing that we do we we are we are all project oriented folks at martini giant mm -hmm. we don't just talk about making movies we make the movies <laughs> right so that is uh that is the background uh, to all of this right now as the ads are going on no one knows this um, sometimes yeah. it's easier to 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 uh, be a critic than a filmmaker. Yeah, and <laughs> hey, man, I love yeah, you know, I love slinging the hash about movies for sure. But I think right. that like it's like with uh, like I'd ever be as good as the director I'm about to name, Francois Truffaut, uh, started out as a movie critic uh, yeah. for Cahiers de Cinema, and uh, people were just like, you know, you fucking asshole. Uh, you know, like what you, you talk a big game, but you could never make a movie. And he's like, "Okay, I'll make the four hundred blows." <laughs> he yeah. That and then we're like, shut up. Yeah, money where your mouth is. Situation. That's how we like to look at it. Sometimes mm -hmm. it takes that fu to really get it made. Yeah, yeah. Well, a good slap in the face really educates you. It's perfect, nice. though. Yeah, nice. Well, you know, it's funny. Yeah, it's funny. So, so when I was in um, when I was in college, uh, my. Uh, my roommate was the uh, valedictorian, or he was slated to be the valedictorian, right? Because his, he had the highest grades, right? And so, but he was always going back and forth with, so we, we were, we were in, um, all on the cross-country team. So another member of the cross-country team, his girlfriend was also like neck and neck highest grades, right? So they both had a 4.08 average at 
at Colgate at the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, which, by the way, this is before like the ridiculous grade inflation that we have today. So 4.08 was actually an extremely high grade to get at the time. And so, but we started mocking him as most people do because his uh, majors was political science and economics, right? And her major was neuroscience. (laughs) (laughs) And so we said, well, you know, but, you know, she is smarter because she's a neuroscience major and you're doing poli sci. Yeah, you have opinions about stuff. Economics, right? (laughs) And so he's like, okay. And so... uh, as at, at most in college, you had to have a distribution requirement, you know, where you had to take different areas. And since he was, he had to take some science classes. So he took neuroscience for his distribution requirement, as opposed to what everyone does, like rocks for jocks or whatever. Right. right. So, no, no. So, <laughs> so he took neuroscience and he's like, I'm going to get a fucking A plus in neuroscience and you guys will shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, there you go. See? So he was trying to Proof do that. Putting my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done. Nicely yeah. done. And how did he do? He got an A plus. <laughs> Glam. But then we told him, "Oh, that's because it was neuroscience 101." Yeah, <laughs> like right. I couldn't take any other ones. Anyway, um, okay, I think uh, we're uh, we can get into after Yang, which was all right. I'm just curious, what what what, what were your thoughts on that one? Who goes first? You, Eric. I'll Eric, go first. Yeah, I, I really liked it. It was slow in the beginning. There are, it, it was to me, there was a, going back to this, he likes to go into the societal structure, wealth, no wealth, because it was very hard to believe that his environment came from what he did, right? Mm-hmm. And there was, for me, and there was kind of a, it wasn't fantasy, but there was this thing like his apart, his home was beautiful and everything was so great. And a, a sort of a friend issue. Like a what? they work at a goddamn coffee shop. How are they affording this New York apartment? That's right. And, <laughs> yeah. and that to me, it put it more in the realm of this is a storytelling aspect. It's a play because, sure. you, you know, you didn't see him work and you didn't believe the work. I thought of Studs Terkel, if you can believe that. I was like, God, Studs Terkel, where are you? And I just, when he was mixing teas, I was like, he can't afford that, all right? But then I just went into the storytelling. And But once they got to the memory, I was hooked. I thought it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Those memory moments are some of the best I've seen, um, just depicting such large amounts of memories and data. And it does kind of make everything seem fleeting. So yeah. I thought it was a very beautiful film. Mm-hmm. I liked it a lot, and I liked the characters, but I didn't in the beginning. Um, I didn't at all. Uh, I was slow, and then I was trying to get into it. It was hard to believe them. Well, slow as, never bothered me. Well, it was hard to believe them. as It wasn't convincing, like them as yeah. a couple. And you didn't really find out that it was an adopted girl until about 25 minutes in, something like that. Right. Yeah. My, I had problems with the film. Yeah, same. Same. Like well, it's I, a I wish that I had movie. not. I wish I had at least watched these in reverse. Because, yeah. Like well, after Columbus, it was like. But I have kind of, this is clumsy. I have to say, this. <laughs> like this isn't working. It worked for me because the thing that sold it was those memory. 
memory stuff is great. It's very it's nice great, stuff. and it really was worth the ticket because I, it, and for me because I thought I love uh, the dealing with that. Um, like he's in the mirror, those little moments. It's mm -hmm. very hard to tell us. It's almost like impossible to show somebody texting. I've never seen right. it successfully done in shows. Oh, may television. I interrupt just for one second? I just saw finally the perfect texting in a movie. What like, is it? It is in Come On, Come On. And huh. it is flawlessly designed. Because I, I hate like all the little animated bleep, 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 stuff that comes right. like it's, trying it's to work. I'm just like, that's just fucking irritating. That's not how I, I I'm not thinking about that when I look at texts. Yeah, no, it doesn't get, it's impossible to tell that the, the user interface and yeah. to like, don't distract what you're me doing. with the design. You're doing it to push the story along, but right. graphically it can never be done. But, yep. and I understand, I will look for that film, but what I'm seeing is, A plus movie I felt A. that I had issues with it. I'm sure you have tons more, but I felt the payment of the, uh, the memory and how they dealt with finding that chip was yep. great. And the casting was not a hundred percent. But I'm going to yep. caveat this, Chris and Dan, mm -hmm. is that they shot it in 2019 and it came out in 2021. What happened in between all those years? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah so, that's an interesting question. I don't know. That's weird. Yeah. You, so for like, me, it's like, okay, I understand. Maybe they had, I don't know, because they shot. I don't think they knew what to do with this film. I but think there was COVID. a thing that the COVID thing happened, obviously, is what happened. But I think they were like, oh, you know, um, it was tough. Um, it didn't have it didn't need that many effects. Right. They did that freaking car trick like a million times. Yeah. That was. And that's just all project. That's all yeah. uh, virtual production. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, it was all LED walls for sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which like I thought a, was nice. Yeah. It saved some money. <laughs> yeah. I like. OK, so I'm. But they used like if you're gonna have an LED wall situation, do a different environment. It's like yeah. they're traveling in a tunnel forever. <laughs> Break it up and like and there's no and like and if you're gonna have them travel in a tunnel forever, have it mean something, you know? Like, right. That sounds like it's a statement, but they don't make it a statement. Like so, like here's the mm, okay. I'm gonna it's, I'm I'm gonna preface this by saying I thought it was okay and it's worth seeing. Like I don't I don't mean to be super dismissive like, like so there's many, like i think there's a great movie. film inside of this yeah there's, <laughs> there's lots and lots of stuff worth seeing it's not a bad movie it's very like there's parts that are very good um and yeah. uh and i you know like so I, I like the memory stuff i like i just i mean like i think colin farrell is just i identify with that dude very quickly and he manages his the scale of his performance really well in this mm -hmm. um so he's not like too minimized um, but he, he dials down his stardom into like a, a likable, but quiet level. Uh, so I think he totally good. looks like Brad Pitt in fight club when he comes in with his shirt off, yeah, but yeah, I'll, I'll say like the overall, this is a three-star movie and it's just that like coming off of a, you know, a four-star movie. Uh, by the same director that is earlier than the, than the movie I'm about to watch, I was like, right. "This is a this is very slumpy. This is very sophomore slumpy." There was, and, but here's the thing: I I don't know if you guys noticed this, but in the beginning of the film, 
I forget what happens, but then it goes to this dance sequence where all families kind of interact on this dance. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, I love that. Hilarious. Yeah, it was pretty. Yes, it was, and it was beautiful. The font was incredible. That's very Soderberghian. That design right there. Yes. But did you notice that when it was just them on the stage with this kind of fluorescent rim light blues greens, but then it becomes this infrared right when it says based on a short story by and you can't really read the card yeah yep and i was like did they do that on purpose because it was literally if you wanted to know who wrote it oh, you can't really read it but then it goes back to normal the way they're shooting it and i was like huh so i didn't know if you guys picked that up but i was like i didn't pick that up no. yeah you can't read little... who wrote it yeah yeah the, the short story is called saying goodbye to yang and, by weinstein uh, and uh, I'm going to look this up right now because there's like, I want to see when that came out. Because there, there's a bunch of stuff in this movie where I'm like, I've seen this in other movies. Like, like the dance scene is a good gag, but it reminded me of Oscar Isaac and the robot dancing in um, uh, we saw. Ex Machina, right? Um, the memory stuff was good, but obviously I've seen it. But there's Blade Runner. Okay, so like, like the memory stuff is done better. He in does do a frame. thing. is like zoom in. Like yeah, <laughs> it's like, like it's something yeah. like enhanced. I, I thought in the mirror. Like, I thought it was going to do the Blade Runner gag, and then just don't, and then just like it's it's it's. I'm just going to give you guys a real real quick synopsis of this so that people are caught up on this. So basically, it's a family. It's Colin Colin uh, <laughs> Earl's family. Uh, and uh, I, I wish it was more like Ex Machina, <laughs> honestly speaking. Yeah. Uh, but it's kind of his family, and he had him and his wife are married. Uh, sh and there's she's this is and this is important. She's black and he's white, and they have an adopted daughter who is a, played by a you know a young Chinese uh, a girl, mm -hmm. and they also have another character whose name is Yang, who you find out is their their son, but really he's actually a robot an android robot uh but the obviously uh, with a lot of character and flaws etc they have they they bought this uh robot to teach her his the their daughter about chinese culture mm -hmm. because that was and it's called a culture bot or something yeah because they're like they're you know like they they the parents come from two different uh two different cultures that aren't hers and right. so they're trying to like give her connection to her uh, her physical roots from where she was where she was right. born right and then the the robot is malfunctions or is dead in some ways mm -hmm. right and so uh he needs to take him in to be prepared and it's kind of a weird thing when he's got them slumped over his shoulder yeah. like come on we got to go cool, though. simple yeah. <laughs> good guy cool. i like that it's a little weekend yeah. pretty, pretty good <laughs> it was pretty good and so they find out it's like no it's like oh and then they basically he's trying to find options and they're like no we can recycle him and you can get a newer model and they're like that's not what i want right and they find out it's like no i never bought him here he was certified refurbished <laughs> which i thought was also hilarious right right uh but actually does play into the narrative in the end, which yeah, is pretty plot, interesting. Plot bit with that. There's a plot point in there. Uh, so he takes it to another sort of janky place to try to get it fixed. And then the guy's like, they put a bunch of spyware on these things and they're recorded all these things about your family and they're just going to use that. You know, So that's a very much you know Facebook right. uh, conspiracy theory right. thing going on there. Uh, and they try to get to his core was memory core. So he's constantly trying to get this thing fixed. <laughs> right. Yeah. And he doesn't have to show up to work or call in late. Yeah. Yeah. Because he, and, he and, makes and sells tea. 
he makes and sells tea, as we said earlier, and he makes that is his job or what he does. Yeah. And he, apparently, he's struggling at this business. Yeah, like, uh, but they still have a gorgeous house. <laughs> yeah, like either she makes a shitload of money, or like he has inherited wealth. And like, and if he has inherited wealth, like, who gives a fuck if his business is failing? <laughs> it right. Make sense. Yeah. Right. So they have this gorgeous house, and they live in this nice area. But yeah. anyway, um, so um, they. Uh, where was he? Okay. Uh, right. So the, the core itself of the, of the robot is basically his memory core. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, they managed to extract it and she, uh, somehow decide he decides to take it to museum of technology or something like that. Yes. And they, they, the woman there says, this is really, really special. By the- and go ahead, Eric. In that museum, there's some really beautiful art direction, like the, just a simple painting on the wall saying, this is the museum, this is the main entrance. And mm-hmm. then the crates are like wood colored or like blue. And I thought that was really kind of There's beautiful. some lovely stuff in this movie. Yeah. Oh, it, yeah. I want to emphasize that this movie is also gorgeous. I know Dan hates gorgeous. the whole thing yeah. and he doesn't no, want no, anything no. to do with it. This movie is also gorgeous, not as unbelievably gorgeous as Columbus, but pretty right. darn close. <laughs> yeah, this, which is basically how it, like uh, the the overall in the movie. I was like, like I was, I would occasionally go like, oh, that's really pretty, right? <sighs> you know, like, like where's the where's the thing going? Like, what are we saying? But I, at one point, I was starting to get excited. Like, I felt like something special was about mm-hmm. to happen, right. and it doesn't quite get there. It does, but though, there was guys. so much it, potential. It's, it's that, in there. The, like, the, yeah, the, the flashbacks the, are. Those That's the memory stuff, stuff, for sure. The memory stuff cool. is, yeah, no as you're starting, as you're starting to realize what's going on, you yeah. start to realize how that that Yang is actually a fairly special thing. Right. Um. So yeah. So what happens when he takes it to this to this place to the to figure out what's going on? Uh, the memory core comes back, uh, and he's able to create a reader device to read this specific thing, and then he has his uh their basically his VR headset which they use, which I actually really love the design of what they did. That was super yeah. simple and yeah, very effective. The milk carton was a beautiful design. Oh, and yeah, then the fish the holder. Yeah. Yes. It's great. Yes. The, great the, because technically this is obviously in the future. So they have to show something that looked like a little strange, a little bit, a little off, a little bit different, but it was like, yeah. great. Like, this, yes, this is, this is my, even with the stuff that looked good. My problem was I noticed it. Like this is a that's the problem with the movie. It's just like I'm sort of like unlike in Columbus where I'm in the movie, like I'm constantly noticing things in after game, yeah, which were distracting. Like Columbus feels like a more futuristic movie, whereas After Yang feels like a set, like it's a well photographed yes. bunch of sets. And I never, like you said, Eric, it's just like I just it doesn't come together as a real place for me. No, Ex Machina f- felt like it did a better job. Like yes. there's, yeah, and there's something about Ex Machina. Like this is definitely this movie definitely had, like, or is, is it going to be like Ex Machina? Yeah, it has elements of that flavor. And I think it's like I feel like the hmm, how can I say it? Like I'm going to give it another shot at some point because like it could maybe it works better on a second viewing because like there's movies a movie that you and i both love chris is uh until the end of the world the long cut of that i love <laughs> and like that movie is also sort of like wildly all over the place and maybe i just wasn't in the right mood for this thing so i won't i'll, I'll say that up front like maybe this movie works yeah but that those are two different you know 
Yeah, I'm just saying. It's like in and out in McDonald's. So it's a, it's hard to. Yeah, I'm just, just like this. Like there's this. There's a chance. There are plenty of movies that I've gone back to. I'm like, oh, I don't know why I didn't like this the first time. But like, it's just abutting this to Columbus was a mistake for me in terms of like because of the order. If I watched After Yang first, I would have gone like, oh, that was pretty good. Then I wanted to watch Columbus, and I'm like, oh, that's amazing. But instead, right. it feels like a big step back. Like it feels kind of film school, but it should be educational as a filmmaker. You probably oh, I think it's great. And this guy's a great director. What, what like, I, to, I don't mean yeah. to be hard on the dude. You're like, being hard, and I'm hard. Well, yeah. it's not like I, no, 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 no. I think. Idea. Listen, I, I love the fact that we have this because, of course, I knew is like I'm wondering what's going to happen when we talk about this right. because it's going to have a thing, right? And we're always we always have a little bit slightly different takes on this, and I this is great. I mean, this is why we have this podcast, right? So, oh yeah, I sure. think it's all good. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, like that's the that's the thing. It's like I don't mean to, I'm not trying to be cruel to the dude. I understand, man. Like, I've, there's plenty of shitty stuff that I've made that's way way like that's actually quite bad <laughs> whereas this guy has made a pretty good movie after i've seen a very very great movie and that's the it's the step down where i'm like i under i have empathy for that uh as a like as as an artist where you go like sometimes you just don't knock it out of the park i fully expect this dude to keep on making great movies like i just think that this one doesn't land uh in the way that he clearly wants it to except once or twice and uh, I think I don't. I don't think he should be making sci-fi films. He does. Well, this is it's a really it's a great point because like what I want. I guess what I want to say is like this movie felt very sci-fi in a bad way. Like, uh, and like you guys know, I fucking love sci-fi. Like I love mm-hmm. it, right? And I love reading it. I love watching it. I love all kinds of sci-fi from the exploding stuff to the artiest possible stuff. And if you this wants to play in the ballpark of Under the Skin, like that's well, what I, I got to judge it against. Like that's what I got to do. In fact, they make a nod to under the skin in the movie by having words under the skin. The skin, I saw that. <laughs> so like, like he, like we're clearly like, I'm not misreading the movie that, he, that it wants to be gauged in that level. Right. Um, and <clears throat> I think that the, the core issue of the movie is like that the best sci-fi um, doesn't feel sci-fi no matter what is happening on screen. And this movie, because it doesn't seem to really know what it's about until very late in the game, like all I could hear was these weird little novelty things. And like, that just feels, it's like when I watch, um, you know, uh, I robot where you're just like, Uh. just like all this fucking explanation of cleverness. And I'm like, I don't actually give a shit, you know, like, I don't know why I'm watching these people. They're all, they all seem like they have interesting setups, Um, but it's, but it's very disconnected. And uh, and I don't know what Colin Farrell's sort of central challenge was. Like right. he's just a a way to see this story happen. And I was like, I was just very confused. I didn't like the girl. The and the, girl. and and I hate to pick on young uh, young actors, but they the casting for his daughter was not was not casting was off. I will say casting that was off and majorly. Like yeah. from from the wife um, to. Yeah. Uh, uh, to the girl, even some of like those neighbor guys, they look like. Yeah, it's like the 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 fucking the tech guy was that like out of a nineteen forties you know war movie. Well, you know, you got these kinds of things, and you're just like, well, what the fuck is this? Like the, that's a little higher, definitely. <laughs> you know, central casting guy versus Colin Farrell is a tuned down to one, right? Know? And then you, and like, however, I, however, the problem I have is that. 
I had a problem with the character, but I'm looking at the gorgeous lighting of, oh, yeah. of his yeah. workshop. Sure. Like, it's sure. like, oh my God, the workshop is perfect. Right. Right. And it's, and it's all very, like, it's all lovely looking and sort of like gently stylized. And this is what I was going to say is like, when you're doing stuff like this, you have to make a decision at some point, whether are you going, you know, super designy Wes Anderson land or Paul Verhoeven land, or are you going much hard in the direction of realism because if you try to mix and match that like it's going to highlight the artificial parts of both like mm -hmm. and there's not a consistent sense of reality that's delivered here um between the performances the set design uh even like like if they had separated it so like only the mem only yang's memories and they almost do this only yang's memories are shot in a um in a realistic way right and uh if they had done that like when you see yang's memories finally you're like oh that's real life right and you make a clear distinction between that style huh, and the rest of the movie, yeah then you have a movie but instead it's just sort of swapping the shit around and i'm like you can't intercut starship troopers and under the skin one of them is going to look bad and this the, the consistency was just wildly off and ultimately the through line of what was being said, like, I didn't know this was really, you know, the, the memory story until two, two thirds of the way through. And then it kind of comes together and it's, that's the best part. And then it sort of flops around at the end. And, yeah. Like, but know. the thing is, and I'll, I'll admit this as much as I love the memory, I didn't understand why he needed to find out all the people in the memory. Yeah. Why, why is that? What does this mean to Colin? Farrell? Well, he, okay, so let's just put it put it this way, because I thought there was something very interesting was going to happen, mm -hmm. and it didn't, right? So what actually happened is he goes through the memory, right? And he's looking at memories of the experience he's had with his own family, mm -hmm. right? But uh, And they're very gorgeous and meaningful. And the way that those memories play is also very interesting, because mm -hmm. it feels like you're freezing a moment in time right. that you're still able but to move around. It's and and the looping is can great, I, and and the and the re saying re saying of lines is great. Like but I, yes. the big yeah, thing for me, which kind of was confusing, was at the technology museum, he was very respectful of you know honoring his memories, mm. and you know there was a privacy issue with that guy, and then he's like, I'm going to go through his memories. Because he's not here anymore. Right. It's like, right. Well, no, no, no. Well, what he it was not about the privacy. I don't think he had an issue had, with the there privacy. There was a privacy issue with the mechanic or the guy right. that was working on the robot, and he was like, "Yeah, you're right. I don't want you know that's my privacy." And um, once it got to his stuff, though, he was like, and even the woman's like, you know, we're going to respect it. A little laissez faire. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then he was like, "Ah, I'm going to take." Which a would be good if you if they meant to say that, but I don't feel like that. right. Like, so, so as you guys remember, he said he was certified, certified pre-owned. Right, certified pre-owned. That was kind of funny, actually. Yeah. Right. And so, what they found out is that he had actually been at different families. Right. right. So he starts to investigate it. It starts to feel like, like, oh, there's a story here that's yeah. deeper, right? And and you realize that he had actually been. Uh, at multiple families. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. This is the good part of the movie. This is the, that's the and cool that's when it was like, oh, yeah. and then, and then like you start to realize that the, the, the impact he has had on different people's lives right. throughout this thing, but it doesn't quite go far enough. And yeah, it doesn't. Have started that in the first 20. 
Right. Like, and he's just like, oh my God, there's such meaning to this guy. Right. And, right. and, and, and investigate all of that. That would have been a lot cooler film. Like for instance, in Columbus, right. Columbus opens with Parker Posey, uh, trying to, uh, uh, chase after her, uh, professor slash boyfriend. Right. Uh, because the guy is l- losing his facility, uh, faculties, rather. And so, like, she's like, oh, professor, 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 and, wa- and running around. And then you find the professor standing in this one place. That exact sequence of shots is repeated later in Columbus when uh, the main character, one of the two main characters, she is looking for John Cho. And right. it puts you in the same position, and you go, like, whoa, like, that brings back, that brings back some complex emotions. Right. Right. And like it marries this earlier thing you saw with something here and makes it puts the big spin on what you're watching, you know, and uh, just by showing you the same visual. And that is what needed to happen all over the place with those memories. Right. Mm-hmm. Because that the movie for me, the movie fails because the only meaningful thing is about Yang. Right. What I was watching was a movie about Colin Farrell and his family. And if you're not going to use the Yang's memories to tell me something new and reconnect me with that family, then I don't know what the story is you're telling because that's not what happens. Like Colin Farrell is dislocated from his family. The symbol is Yang, the parent who should like the parent, his hit the, like a parent who was there for her. He investigates the memories, and by doing so, he becomes reconnected to his family. That's a story. Right. Right. But that's not what happens. Instead, it's just like, oh, it turns out the robot had more memories. Isn't that cool? The end. I was like, that's not a, that's that's cool? not a story. That's you not know? an ending. That's, like, that's a novelty. <laughs> it, it should take you to a, like, that should lead you down a journey. Yes. You know, to to do something different. I mean, it's it should have been more like war games. Like, oh my God, he's the yeah, the I creator. Get, you know what I mean? Comes together, right? And like that's the so the first two thirds of the movie is basically useless. It could have been a Colin, Colin Farrell alone investigating this, and it would have been more connected. Right. Um, and uh, and it's sort of like it finds something more. It gets distracted by its robot story, and then follows that. That's what makes it feel science fiction in a bad way. Because when science fiction goes wrong, it's when people are, uh, when directors and writers are distracted by the novelty of the elements. You know, it's like a DD we used to joke. Like if you shot uh, any normal dramatic feature, like you shoot a science fiction movie, like someone would t- like pick up a cup of coffee and go like, and then would freeze frame on the cup and spin all the way around the cup and show the coffee and how deep it is in the cup and then fly out the other end and through the ring because you've never seen a cup of coffee before. Like, no one, like that's dumb. Don't do that. And this right. movie does that all over the place. Like, it's just like, it finds it's, it's, it like it's distracted by its own ideas. And so when the ideas never become real, they just are jotted ideas. It did. It did. I agree. I, part of me liked some of the, part of me enjoyed some of the novelty of it. Sure. Honestly, because I wasn't getting much else out of it. Mm-hmm. So I was enjoying the novelty of it. Right. Right. So like, for example, their, their FaceTime conversations. Yeah. Right. 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 Like that was a thing they did. So they, 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 they basically do, you know, they're, they're video conferencing to each other or talking to each other, or phone calls. Right. And in that they changed the aspect ratio. Yeah, and, well. and do sort of like a, a lifted filter on top. And it's good. It plays really well. 
good and good what the the point they make is that the quality of the video is very good <laughs> because I'm assuming in the future you don't have shitty video calls, right? <laughs> and also they speak in a normal tone, yep. which also you don't do. And it plays like a, a back and forth to mid shots, like they're at right. the same table, right? Mm -hmm. Right. And so that I thought was like, that was interesting, but yes, I was looking at and thinking about what he's trying to say yeah, what does it mean? with that conversation, as opposed to the actual, you know, with the novelty, as opposed to the actual conversation. Right. Right. And that's, that's the, cause all this stuff is clever. It's fun. But like, and I'm, and like, and I don't mean to say that the, the story I just pitched isn't, doesn't have to be the story they tell. I was just giving that as an example of making use of the elements that are in the movie. You can tell a nine other different stories. It doesn't make any difference. But all those pieces have to sort of like come together to build a thing and the movie never lands it. And which is, it's so shocking. It was such a, such a shock after Columbus where it was just like, where Columbus just does all of this without even breaking its stride. It's just like, right. That's how you do it. It's so yeah. easy. But there, like, I, I don't want to, you know, I, I do agree with, with Eric. I think there was some really great things in there. The, the, the going through his memories was emotional. Oh, it's very good. Right. That's stuff. Which, yeah. which I hadn't had like, which I was, I went through that exact emotional journey and was like, okay, this is pretty. Right. Okay. Where is this going? I'm not really invested in these characters yet, quite yet. And I was like, okay, so something's happening. And it's, it's like for something that it should either be a faster paced film <laughs> or something's going on right. here. Right. Uh, and then, uh, and then finally the memories started to happen. So I was like, oh, there's some backstory. So I'm hungry for something. Then actually the girl from Columbus shows up. That was actually pretty good too. Oh, it's a little bit of a lead. And you're like, oh, interesting. I was like, this is going to get interesting. It's like a robot had a girlfriend. That's yeah, weird. That's an interesting right? idea. A, sec a secret girlfriend from a robot. Right. And then there's like, and on top of that, I don't think you want to know about her because she's a clone. Okay. What the hell does that mean? Right. Right. Turns out that she has a weird past too. Right. Right. Colin Farrell's a racist late in the game. <laughs> You're yeah. like, wait, okay. <laughs> is, it, <laughs> like, is, it, is it racist or is it? Yeah, whatever. You know, he's he's a big person against clones. And, yeah. uh, and you hear him be a bigot against clones. And, and sort of like it's another two thirds of the way. Through but the he does come across as a knucklehead, particularly when he's like, I went and it was the warranty. You know, he's right, playing sure. like, um, yeah, it's not his performance or like no. even the characters he's trying to draw. It's rather that well, all this stuff gets thrown into the ball game. Like, really I just weird. saw Gentleman last night. If you know that one, it, the um, the movie by uh, Lockstock director. Oh yeah, how oh. was that? Was that any good? Uh, no, uh, mm -hmm. it would make a great series though mm -hmm. if you stretched it out. But he's got, he's got he's got talent. Yeah, but what's his name was in it. Uh, Colin Farrell, and it was a total dial in. Like, I need to pay for that house, and it's sure. Yeah. So, I would take these roles myself. I don't blame him. Yeah, so would I actually. I yeah. was thinking about that. I was like, I'm do this for, for a house. But yeah, like, I know, I know I'm slamming it on this film pretty hard, but it's just like, this guy is, is like, this guy's a better director than I've ever been in my life. So, I don't mean to, like, I'm not. Yeah, I think, hurt. I think what's it called again had something to do with it. The, the, um, the studios? Oh, no, it's COVID. COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe so. I, I totally think it's 2019 and then it comes out in 2021. Right. 
you know, something happened. Fun. There was definitely, uh, this was, oh, okay. Well, the other thing that's also happened, like, okay, 2019 and 2021 were very different worlds in the entertainment industry. Yeah, and sure. the, there was probably bigger tradition, quote unquote, traditional plans for this, right? Yeah. The fact that this film just came out not long ago, mm -hmm. right? And is on, I guess it did show, have a theatrical release, but probably teeny. Tiny window. Some right. tiny window. Yeah. And but the only other place you can find it is on Showtime, right? Right. So that's I think that the this is this is the kind of thing like oh you want to see this film you can yeah we we have we all have to sign up for Showtime right yeah and for for eleven bucks a month Showtime nothing on. like who the fuck do you I think you are <laughs> yeah dude i went through that i was like you gotta be kidding me like, what kind of magic dust this? do you have that you're trying to charge 12 bucks a month yeah there was not a lot of selection yeah no that didn't i, I was not i was not impressed just my opinion but whatever yeah but yeah like i think that the i'm i am particularly uh i, I don't know if monkey man is here but he would back me up on this like i'm i'm like i love all like i said all kinds of science fiction but it also makes me sort of like, like a little, I'm just a little harsher on like, if you want to play in the big game, then you really got to like, you got to do it right. And, uh, and like, uh, I'm not like, I think that there's like, there's a lot of soft pitch sci-fi sci like this. And I think it gives like smart sci-fi. Like, this is not where you want to land. This is like, this feels like a, this feels like if uh, AI were, a nice story. I'm like, no, AI looks like this because it's a cruel story. Like it looks beautiful and glowy and wonderful because it's a nightmare tale that he's telling. And that's the difference between these things that make it uh, a, a grim, tense film. And, right. uh, and this is just sort of like, it's just soft. It feels like a coffee commercial. You know, and I'm just like, guys, <laughs> like, like, like with like ex machina, like Ex Machina sells you on the entire, an entire world is outside the boundaries of that house and you feel it. And uh, they draw it with just a few little lines. And, uh, and that's what you got to do under the skin the same way. Under skins. Yeah. It's a work of art. It's a total work of art. You know? Interesting. Uh, so I'm trying to read more about this character. I'm going, I'm going through his IMDb information here so uh he decided to become a filmmaker when he uh, was writing his phd dissertation on uh yasurisu uzo oh uzo is one of my all-time yeah it was incredible yeah he's great absolutely incredible right so um late spring uh, early summer tokyo story the nets the guy's incredible right so he took the name mm -hmm. uh his name of uh, kogonada uh uh, uh, based on being inspired by uh, Uzo's screenwriter, who is Kogo Noda. Kogo Noda, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, which is also interesting. Well, he would like everything. Everything great we said about Columbus, like he absolutely earns that connection. Like Ozu's yes. stuff is much the same, and I totally feel where he's coming from. So. Yeah, listen, hard make movies, it, man. <laughs> it's hard to make movies. <laughs> and I think that this, I think that like he, he tried to make Columbus out of Ex Machina under two different films. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, the thing is, man, like, and to, like, there was a movie that I made, a uh, short film that I made that, like, I finished the film and it sucked. And I couldn't figure out why. I was watching, I'm just like, I, we, ha- we had everything. Why does it suck? And finally, my editor <sighs> was like, like, my editor was like, well, because you're, you've taken the core decision away from the main character. You set up this big decision and then you take it away from him at the, at the key moment. And I was like, Oh shit. Like, and as soon as he said it, like he basically recut the movie. So that, that insinuated this idea. And like, it didn't, you couldn't watch it, but I, I understood what he was doing. And I was like, Oh my God, that's, that's the fucking movie that we were trying to make. That's the movie. And so what we did was throw out half the movie and reshoot it. Like, and we ended up with one of my, well, I feel is one of my best movies. And it's because I was so in this thing that I was making over here that I didn't even realize that I was fucking it up. Like I just didn't know it. And, and if I, if God bless him, if my editor had not figured it out, then it would be, it wouldn't be a movie that I show at all. And, uh, and I feel like that's the thing that happened here is like you get, you get done with the movie, you watch the cut and you're like, is this a movie? <laughs> and at that point, especially when you have two years of COVID, like, oh. like get the, get the scissors, do it again. And uh, and make Get make a better view of the, the roots of a great movie here, you know. Like that's it. Like obviously, it's expensive to do that stuff, but the maybe they were trying to do a bunch of reshoots and they just couldn't do it. Yeah, that's maybe. right. Maybe. Like, that's why I think they went for that um, tunnel thing. It's just that you know. Do you think you think that tunnel thing was shot like was during reshoot. COVID? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little filler. Yeah. Yeah. Could be true. Like it's a beautiful like, shot. And I know, but that's like 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 thirty yeah, minutes of the freaking yeah. film. They're in the tunnel having conversations. Right. I know, but I think it's just because they were in a bind. Well, this is the thing. But like, there are there that shot reminded me of um, the shots on the train of Clooney and Soderbergh's Solaris, which I actually love. I think Soderbergh, like I love the original Solaris, and I love as a totally separate movie Soderbergh Solaris, and. Uh, there's a, there's a couple of scenes where Clooney's on the train. That's where he meets, uh, Natasha McElhoney and there, the image, the image is so beautiful and is so compelling. Um, but what's important is that he meets McElhoney there and they, to, they tell it like three shots. Like they don't, oh, they don't, they, they don't, they don't, they don't spend the time in the wonderment of a magic train. They make it about these two characters. You see the connection and that's it. Like that's what you need to do. And you could, you know, you can have a half an hour movie on this train if you on the, uh, on the tunnel, if you want, but something has to be happening in it and nothing happens. In it. It's just like, Oh, well we had the big light screen. So keep right. rolling. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think they were like, where are we? What's going on? Right. Let's just do some reshoots and, Oh, we have COVID. So let's, yeah. let's see if we can, you know, satisfy some of the, the narrative holes yeah. with, just doing this stuff. Yeah, I think you're right. And th- and also, I like I love Colin, as I said earlier, I love Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell's really proud of this movie too. I saw him on Hot Ones, and he's really really proud of this movie. And I'm so I feel bad saying negative things about my boy, but I'm just like he's trying to make a great film there, and it, it, it you know there are pieces of a great film there. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. So just to let people know, so like I said, we we were going to do Columbus and I thought the logical choice was to do Mononcle to do that, to have the architectural mm-hmm. 
statement. That's and going a Jacques on. Tati would be. Or, or another Jacques Tati, but we could do another Jacques Tati. But at the same time, uh, uh, Dan brought up, is like, oh, I heard about this film that he did on Hot Ones with Colin Farrell. And I was like, oh, well, we've been doing these pairs of movies from directors. So we keep, I thought it would be good to stay with the same director. Uh, yeah. for our pairing yeah it's a new movie you know it's cool. and and on top of that it was exciting because none of us had seen this movie it's like right. this is something we should just definitely try to do yeah. uh so so that's why we ended up well, with these two films but i i still like i said i'm like i'm not i don't regret having seen this film yeah i'm being a little because like, hard I, I i realize i don't mean to be you're just being mean i'm being cruel yeah but it's fun that's, that's damn <laughs> No, it's like just the way you. It's like I. You can't like I. I should have watched them in reverse order. I would have felt. I would have felt much better about it. I would have watched this and gone like, "Oh, it's pretty good movie," and then hit Columbus and fucking talked about how great everything was. But uh, it was an unfortunate. You know, I agree with the COVID bit. I, you know, like everything. Everything about this movie is something I really want to like, and I will definitely see whatever this dude does next. Yeah, he's a great director. He's a great director, and it's a good movie. I, I recommend the movie, but like. With my giant caveats, I recommend go go in tune your expectations lower, or don't watch Columbus first. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. I did. I did like the you know, like you said. There's a lot of the sci-fi things mm-hmm. that are different. Like the fishbowl was different, and the neat, and and the uh, I, 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 they did the AR glasses really well. Yeah, like that's where we need to be. Like basically the AR glasses and the gag was so simple. Like, yeah, yeah. please, everyone, do more things like that. Don't get too in your face. Yeah. Sometimes, like he's, I know this is a reverse of what we just said, but basically the the, the glasses were exact. They look exactly like mine, as you guys can see. They're like really thin little glasses, mm-hmm. and when they're in the AR, they just put a freaking filter on top of it, so it just turns opaque and and yeah. brown. Just, yeah, right. They look like sunglasses. And, with they look like me on the back. Yeah. And and that was kind of interesting. Yeah. It's very simple. I did like the conversation he had with his daughter when she said, What are you doing? Is I'm watching a video. When he but he was watching the, the, the memories, memories of, yeah. of Yang, right? Yeah. And and he goes and she goes, About tea. <laughs> yeah. Right. And that was pretty good because it reminded me of when Brady comes by, he's like, What are you doing? It's like I'm watching YouTube. And it's like about fly fishing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Oh, I have to throw in that Colin Farrell does an excellent uh, Werner Herzog impression in this because when he is quoting the movie about tea, oh, uh, right. it's actually, it's not from a Werner Herzog movie. It's actually a less blank movie, uh, but right. Werner Herzog is in it. And I believe he, that's the one that he says, just like, and all of that is incorporated in <laughs> just like, Nice. <laughs> he does. He, I was thinking. I was thinking of the 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 Trader Joe's uh, review on Yelp by Werner Herzog. Fucking <laughs> 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 lesson nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, how does it start? That. The how does it? It's like desolate. Uh, desolate. How, how does it start? It's so hilarious. Yeah, that's worth working. Looking at Werner Herzog. Trader. Yeah. All right. So yes, it goes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, my favorite. Madness reigns. I think madness reigns. <laughs> that's how it starts. Madness reigns. Oh my god! Yeah, it's just perfect. And so yeah, I, uh, to be fair, I, like I have not seen the tea documentary. I know of the tea documentary, and I believe Herzog is the one that he's imitating, and he's doing a very good job. So 
props to Colin Farrell and to uh, the director for obviously having great taste in weird movies with Werner Herzog. Yeah, I, I can't. I am very excited for the next thing that he's doing. Yes, one hundred. <laughs> Whatever that is, absolutely, guys, guys. Uh, but apparently, the next thing he's doing is a series called. Um, it's a TV series, eight episodes called Pachinko. Pachinko. Okay, cool. And I don't know anything about it. Oh, that looks, yeah, it could be interesting. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, definitely there for it for sure. Yeah. Yeah, like he didn't uh, do anything it, wrong it looks like it's a Korean film. Okay. Yeah. A Korean series. Yeah, like there's, he didn't do anything wrong with this movie that every other major director has the, the one that didn't work. You know, right? And uh, like Scorsese's got his, Spielberg's got his, etc. So I'm, I don't mean to be fucking throwing rocks at the guy. Uh, I want a little shout out to Corey Harper who just showed up. Hello, Corey me. Harper. Nice. Yeah. <clears throat> All the way from H Town. Yep. But uh, but yeah, I love you know this is the kind of sci-fi I, I want to see more of. You know. Yeah. I yeah, you. I do want to see more. Ex machinas and under the skin and Absolutely. all that shit. <laughs> yeah. It was like, uh, man, it's just like if my, my, there have been, I was actually looking over the list of Marvel movies because there's like 29 of them, I guess, something like that. It's just, really? list. and I've seen almost all of these movies, right? And realistically, there's only five or so that I actively didn't like. There's only five that are great, but there's only five that I actively didn't like. And I was mm. like, why do I have such a negative opinion of Marvel movies? And it's it's just because that that nerve in my the Marvel nerve is dead. I cannot perceive feeling for it anymore. <laughs> like right. I, I have simply watched too many of them. And by the time I got to Black Widow, I was like, I I I I wish that I was. Have asleep. you seen the Eternals? <laughs> I I started to watch the Eternals. And uh, uh-huh. Claude Zhao is a, is a, a wonderful director, um, and uh, and I was so I only watched twenty minutes. Bored. <laughs> I was really puzzled. I was like, I feel like I'm in a, an alternate universe, and I'm watching the tenth movie in a series where I haven't seen any of the original of the previous ones, and like this like it's designed for a crowd to go wild over all these callbacks that i don't understand and character relationships i don't get yeah and you can kind of see that there's a different director behind the helm um but it doesn't like nothing means anything <laughs> it was just like it was really surreal it was like yeah. it was like if i watched the sixth harry potter film as my first harry potter film utterly right. bizarre very confusing well i do i do uh do you guys know gray marshall yes like Gray was a VFX supervisor and he had his own company called Gray Matter, I believe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he ended up leaving the business and just sort of became a, a full time colorist. But he colored, I'm not kidding you, like 24 of the Marvel films. Oh, sure. He was a right. colorist on that. Yeah. That was like crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Money crazy. The, color, yeah. the color is not bad in those movies. It's actually quite good. Um, yeah. But they don't. They they pretty much they're going for it's like Netflix movies all look the same. Like they're going for mm-hmm. a house style, and I understand this. What you want to do with the Marvel movies? You want them all part of the same universe to live like same that. world. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it is part of the reason. But like by the time I got to Black Widow, Black Widow was just like 
like that was like pre-chewed food man i was like none of this none of this ever again i never want to see any of it <laughs> that was hideous none of it, none of well, it was actually bad it was just all death all right we're gonna take another break and then we can talk a little bit i want to talk more about directing and ambitions and that type of stuff that summarize these two films and get into that a little bit uh but again it's going to be a quick two-minute ad uh for people who are just joining, like Corey, hopefully he's still if he's still here i'm going to put the discord oh wait a minute a second uh yeah, here's our discord link uh please join our discord we would love to have you on there uh this is not the end of the show we will be back in about two minutes uh and i'm going to uh get myself uh, another drink and I will be uh, right with you guys. So you guys can keep chatting for a little bit. All right. That's here's cool. break number two. Break, break number, two. number two. Fantastic. <clears throat> yeah, I'm. I'm so glad that you guys feel the same way about that movie. It was very. It was very frustrating to me. Like it's it frustrating in only the way that something that's close to being something I want to love. It's just like almost. It's like the difference between. Poseidon Adventure and the remake of Poseidon Adventure. <laughs> did you like the remake of Poseidon Adventure? I did not. I did not. Whereas Poseidon Adventure 1 is hysterically funny. I don't know if they meant it to be, but it is very, very yeah. funny. Yeah, I, I, he's a, he's a, it's refreshing to see a director like that making movies like that. So for me, I was like, yeah, it wasn't perfect. It was yep. not perfect, but. Well, I think that part of my stress comes from the fact that I know that you generally don't like science fiction. So anytime we watch something that's not good, I'm like, oh, no, it's going to sway you back over the, the other side. No. <laughs> okay. No, it didn't. But I, there were some really beautiful moments in it. And I really did like it. Yeah. And well, um, yeah, the, network, the network of memories, man, I think that was a great movie all by itself. That was a great movie all by itself. Yeah. It's almost like that should have just been the movie. That's the movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sure. <clears throat> I didn't need to see the little girl whine a lot. She's mother. yeah, like again, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna beat up, you know, some child performance, but I'm just like, that's not the right casting, you know. Like, that's not the right. That's not that wasn't the right choice. She's not. She was. Uh, she was a little annoying. <laughs> yeah, it's been, and like that's no, that's no, that's no slight to her as a as a very young actor. Like she's gonna be great in something else, but as a director, like you just gotta say. I really need a person who's going to connect to Colin Farrell in a way that when she is disconnected, you feel very bad, you know? And, uh, and it's just not there. She's just like, the lines aren't there. You know, he doesn't do anything to help her out. The relationship with the mother was also challenging. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, like, like she, she was gorgeous. Yeah. Right. And not a bad and, actor. And not a bad actor, but I didn't, feel connected to like some other movie and the thing is i mean like this is like the director just did a um a uh, uh multi-race relationship movie like he just did it with columbus i just saw it and the so like, right so there's no there's no like this doesn't work because they're from two different worlds i'm just like no. this doesn't work because it's not there no it's not there in fact it, you know ironically <laughs> Uh, we were talking about the killing of the sacred deer, obviously of a sacred deer. Uh, uh, his relationship with uh, what's her name, um, uh, Nicole Kidman, mm -hmm. was 
stronger, even though they were very like, disjointed like people. Space alien. <laughs> yes. yes. Yes, absolutely. Oh, do you know what I saw last week? What's that? Earth. Love that film. Oh, that's a great movie. That's the, the other, uh, 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 what's his name? Did Under the Skin and, um, and Sex and Danger. Yep. Tremendous. Tremendous. Forgot about Who it. Who was that? Uh, John, uh, Jonathan Glazer did. Uh, Glazer did uh, Under the Skin, Sexy Beast, and Birth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Birth, I remember that. But... Birth, Birth is worth seeing. I haven't seen that in many, many years. But I really that's the first movie I was like, "What the fuck was that?" Yeah, you know, weird, weird, great, spooky film with Lauren Bacall. Yep. Yeah, awesome. upsetting movie. Talk about a movie you couldn't make today, man. God, I'm so good yeah. business. Yeah, beautiful movie. But yeah, like that's that that's the kind of stuff, dude. It's like once. Once I've seen Under the Skin, like, whoo, boy, the bar is high now. I'm just like, you better, if you walk out into the stadium and point out there, that's where I'm going to hit the ball, you better goddamn hit the ball in the parking lot. <laughs> that's just the way it works. Yeah, really good. Yeah, But, yeah, it was a good pick, though, Chris. I love it. No, I... I... Well, I've been I've been wanting to talk about Columbus for like a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you sure. guys know that, right? Yeah, I'm so totally fucking pumped about that one, and that's going to be a reference movie for a long time. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I was always, but I had to say, back in my mind, I was the problem I had with Columbus was like, do I just like this because I love Columbus and, and I love <laughs> architecture? The architecture that's uh, and it's like, is that going to be? Like, you know, if I, I forced you guys to watch a film about fly fishing and we're like, well, that was cool, you know, yeah. or, or is it really a good film? Right. You know, right. <laughs> so and so I, I I always have my doubts. I have. Listen, I have weird taste about things and that's OK. Sure. I'm OK with that. But sometimes taste. when I share things with you guys, I'm like, you know, like, for example, like, all right, if I want to really goofy comedy bad milo is like perfect and you guys are like Meh. <laughs> yeah but, but like like that's a zone zone to be in right and then that's totally right. acceptable and so yeah right like, like for after yang like if you're if if what watch it first columbus next then you're gonna like then you're gonna enjoy both guaranteed it's a good movie but man I'm okay it's just like damn i hate that all right um, I do. I do want to uh, quick, quick house cleaning note for those of you who are on right now on our Twitch and you joined our Discord. Uh, what you need to do if you're new to Discord, etc., you may not necessarily uh, know what to do. Uh, but go to the rules uh, section, and then you have to click on the rules. Uh, you have to check on the, click on the checkbox at the end, and that's going to give you the general. Uh, entrance to the general area. It's mainly to so, keep people from selling illegal drugs online. Right. It's it's just something yeah. we have to we, we're doing. It's pretty common in most Discord things, yes. and that will give you your the role that you need, which is going to be the Martini Giant fan. Once you've got the Martini Giant fan role uh, on, then uh, I'll be able to um, add you uh, for for those who who just recently subscribed to us on Twitch. I can add you to the subscriber section as well. Sorry, just a little bit of house cleaning on that. Sorry, we're still getting. Uh, oh, uh, if you go on Discord, you should. You, if you don't see the rules section on the left, uh, if you don't see that, by the way, let me know. Um, you, you, sh you should be in the welcome, welcome section. Just under. Welcome. You're in the welcome section, and then you should see something called rules. If you don't see that, uh, let me know. Then uh, we'll have to fix it in the Discord area, and I will get that fixed. Uh, if, if you don't see it, let me know, and I'll just manually just 
uh, let me know. Just let me know, McGregor, and I will fix it for you. Not that we need to worry about that, all that. Yep. Uh, cool. But I will yeah, take... Please join up. It's been super fun. And uh, and you will see by some of my Discord posts, like I can even reach the maximum character limit on Discord. You thought Twitter was a lot. Oh, there, is there really a maximum I character? I discovered it. <laughs> Ah, and how long? How, what is, is it? Seven thousand characters? I mean, it's it's or? somewhere in a thousand characters, at least. Okay, a thousand plus characters, and uh, that is hilarious. I, leave it to me. <laughs> really? Oh, yep. run, huh? Interesting. <laughs> I had to cut it up and paste it in a couple of different sections. Okay, so uh, he's saying he doesn't see the welcome section or rule section. Uh, it may be interesting. Do you see nothing on the left side of your screen <laughs> of that area? Uh, there's an area called important stuff. You see important stuff at the top. If you click on that, maybe uh, you'll see the other. If you click on the little tab there. Uh, all right. Tag username as Twitch username. Uh, mm -mm. You see a oh, Martina. I, I see in the subscriber lounge that uh, CG Danny has in fact posted the healthy banana muffins recipe. He Thank did. you very much. Okay. He did. Secret. Uh, Secret stuff. <laughs> okay so there may there, there's a section to the left which you have under the mar, uh, the martini glass there should be more you do uh, i'm not sure what to, to do we'll, we'll we'll help you out we'll yeah. help you out don't worry about it since you know we'll zan don't worry we'll, we'll we'll get you help you out we're not going to take up the rest of the uh <laughs> the podcast but thank trying you to help you debug if that's okay fantastic. but we will we will totally help you out and get this all figured out awesome. uh no problem uh okay um so yeah filmmaking mm. filmmaking especially um um especially first time filmmaking like that's a challenge mm -hmm. like understanding how to put all your things together right and make that happen like what, Eric? What was some of your like some of the shorts you've made? I've seen. I mean, like I, I love Mia. Mia is one of the things mm -hmm. you made the very early on uh, when I first got to you know got we're getting to know you and 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 talking about that. Like, how did you put it together in your head before you were shooting? Like, what was the thing? Oh, <clears throat> pretty much the same way that I I'm do did with the um, <clears throat> pardon me. Pardon me. Uh, the way I, I'm currently doing my project, and I have done for three years, it's just I create uh, imagery and artwork, and then I, I string the story from there, and then I make storyboards, and then I go through the storyboards and write, and then I never look at those storyboards again. That's Why awesome. do you not look at the storyboards? Because it'll confuse me. I have ADD. Right. It will just make me it, – it, it's almost like um, – if you're building a garden and then you, you put the soil and the plants and then the mulch, and then <clears throat> you're going to do the fence, it's like going back and putting mulch. It, it's stupid analogy, but the, my point is it, it will confuse me because right. you're organically growing from an image to the story in the image to the making those stories stream together. And then, um, you know, and then you're like, oh, well, then it should, the scenes should be this. And then you storyboard it and then you write it. Then if you go back to the storyboards, it's almost like that's one organic process behind. Right. And you can't do that because it will pollute you on the way forward. Because right. I get easily confused. So whatever comes out, 
like Rauschenberg or painters. It's just put it out and move. Right. And that's you it. always want to be in the moment of creating it instead of repeating it. Yeah. And you could do that. And then it becomes gimmicks. So that's what I feel like. And I've worked on a ton of films and I've worked for directors and people storyboarding. And if they don't like something impulsively, they're like, yeah, give me a scene with this, this and this. And guys are back doing concept and everything. But he's just distanced himself from it. Yeah. Then you do that five times a day for four months. It's like he doesn't know it. He's like, where am I? It's like, right. no, this is where it is. And it doesn't have to be a beautiful image. It just should say, this is where I'm trying to go. And if you want to impress the studio, then you rough it out, your ideas, and then you move from there. And I said a technique that I learned when I was in grad school for film uh, and stage design. And I, I was a famous uh, opera designer and I took a senior thesis class with him. And I remember telling this to somebody and they just thought I was a pretentious douchebag. And uh, maybe so, or but I don't think so. But it's I could be, that's fine. It's just, I, I was trying to explain to him that there are no accidents and just, because he used to just like take paper and work with it and crush mm -hmm. it and just try to get shape and build. Oh, that's mm -hmm. where, okay, you, you sketch it out, right? Mm -hmm. You sketch it out and then you move to the next thing, throw the paper away. So it's just, you've got to start somewhere, you know, and uh, even if it's just taking paper and looking and taking light against paper and like, where's this shadow? Where's this idea? But that's it. And some of the directors I work for, it's just like constantly storyboarding and people, really talented artists is putting stuff out and out and out. And then it's just very synthesized and there's no. Well, there's no voice, right? There's no voice. And yeah, if you're doing commercials, okay. But, you know, I, I think that's the way I've always done my stuff. And maybe that's not the best way to do it. But, and I look, I've made 15 shorts and I did that probably up to about 2011. So from 2004 to 2011, 15, 16 shorts. Some were great ideas. And I did one where I didn't have a script. Not mm -hmm. good. Um, we just went out and shot and shot and shot. Um, but it always is, starts with an image and it's something from an image. Well, I think it's interesting because uh, Miller, George Miller, uh, doing Fury Road, Max, Mad Max Fury Road, like they, he worked with the storyboarders, like a single person, and they, they storyboarded to, in order to write the movie. They wrote it with storyboards, and yeah. all of the storyboards they wrote a script. Yeah, right? that's then, how I work. Right, I right. can't do it any other way because I can take imagery and make stories from it. I'm working on the side on something with um, about, it's a heist film that takes place a hundred years ago. I told you guys about it, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So I found all this old imagery from a Canadian historical society of an old photography lab in 1910. And I was like, there's the hook. Mm -hmm. And they had a guy and he was a banker. So they're mm -hmm. taking his photo and, they're like, wait, there's money in the bank, right? You know right. the hook I already told you. And I'm like, there it is. And I just, right. from there, and it comes. But you have to do it yourself, I right. guess is my point. And there, you know, I know somebody who worked for a very famous director. I won't say Michael Bay's name, but he's a very famous director. 
And he would just constantly do storyboards, like now make it this or that. And it's just minuscule stuff. Right. And he would spend like days like right. going over this same thing of a car flying through the streets. And it's like, man, you are just like, not only just for him, but just was like, you just totally pull yourself out of that. Right. Well, you're I mean, like micromanaging right. the creative process. Well, the three of us know, and I th I'm not sure how many people in the audience know that uh, like we have, I'm sure all worked on big budget films where the director is completely absent during the, the direction of action sequences, for instance, that's all CG. They're just like, well, most big, most big action sequences are done by the second unit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and if it's, right? and if it's all CG, it's done by the VFX department. Yeah. yeah. So very often, uh, uh, the second unit director ends up being like the VFX supervisor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because they just got to figure out how they're going to make this shot assemble it. Right? right. So while the director is out there doing some dialogue shop between black widow and someone else, right. the fight sequence is being <laughs> by being VFX supervisor. By yeah. And the thing is, I mean, like that can be like, there's, there's good examples of that at work where like, you know, um, Peter Jackson, when he's doing Lord of the Rings, like yeah, there like really three, were like five directors of Lord of the yep. Rings that were yeah. all under Jackson just so they could get the movie done. But they were so, all so much to shoot. Yeah, so much to shoot. And so like it was like making five movies. Yeah, easily. And yeah, so like to me is corporate directing. That's and it's great directing, but it's corporate. It's well, like, it, it takes someone like Peter Jackson in order to make that a good movie. Like you really have to have a very, very specific vision that you can explain to the other five people who are going to be doing that work for you that this is what I need this to feel like. So it's all consistent. But that's not like for say random superhero movies that we have worked on. Like there are directors that like knew like as far as I knew, never walked into the facility at all. And the entire sequence was being directed on the VFX floor, like the whole soup to nuts. And they would come in, like they would, we would hear from them, get emails going, Oh, the scene's looking great. Like, cool. You're the ones whose names on it. So <laughs> like, it's good that you said good. Do you like it? Cause right. we're making your movie for you, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and so like, uh, like I don't, and I don't think that it's like, not for instance, like Hitchcock storyboard, the shit out of his stuff. But that's another guy who was like, he had this locked. He was going to execute this exact thing. And this is what he was going to do. Um, but it sounds like where you're coming from, it's like the same with David Lynch. You know, like this is like, you always want it to be a moment of discovery while you're working. Like, like you don't want to keep on rebuttering the toast. Right. Well, that's just that. Yeah. And I think that's just, you know, some people, I unfortunately really do have an extreme ADD. So I, I have great ideas, but man, I could forget about them fast. So I try to just like contain world next. Yeah, like if right. you start to go back, uh, you know, uh, that's why I'm good with partners. And unfortunately, I'm not good at picking partners, but still, it's like I can, there's certain, you know, yeah, like sure. crossing. I, I always like admired like directing partners, mm -hmm. you know, because it, you each one, it's not ego, it's just getting something beautiful out. Right. And, right. If you fill this hole, then you're fine. Oh, the Coen but, brothers, right? That's what they were doing yeah. for a long time, right? That's right. Yeah. That's what I loved in um, Buster Scruggs, to Scruggs it, is the, um, uh, the, ending, the ending story in Buster Scruggs when the, the two assassin characters there are clearly Joel and Ethan Coen basically talking about themselves when there's just like, well, I do all the talking, and while the people that I'm talking to are distracted, 
he does the thumping. <laughs> like, I bet that's how you make your movies. <laughs> yeah, I think that's great. Yeah. How do you shoot? How do you make your stuff, Dan? Uh, I, uh, I, you, I, I'm making a thing right now um, uh, with a, a couple of uh, creative partners, uh, my friends Gareth and Wes, and uh, and we're putting it all up on YouTube as we make it. It's sort of like a what's Gareth's last name? Hines and Wes Carroll and, and Gareth Hines. Gareth Hines is a uh, a very uh, a, a well-known indie comics author, and uh, he's an incredibly talented kind awesome dude who i've known for a zillion years and um and we uh like i i ran a role-playing game like a dungeons and dragons game for him and wes and uh, we liked the game so much that we just you know like this is all made up from whole cloth but we liked the game so much that we said turn it into maybe a movie or maybe a comic whatever yeah. and so as we've been doing that we've been putting that stuff up online on my youtube channel but like the it's actually a great but like the me playing Dungeons and Dragons influenced everything that I do in terms of creativity, because it's a, I always feel like this is a team sport. And uh, like, I like the best ideas I've ever come up with are uh, those that I'm putting together with other people and shaping up into something even that is bigger and better than any, any individual one of us could have uh, uh, mounted successfully. And, uh, and so like I look at filmmaking, like uh, the team of filmmakers, you know, the people that are there on the set is like, you guys are putting on, like, you're putting on a show, you know, like this is like, you all have to know exactly what you guys do well, you know, so you can play to each other's strengths all the time. And if you're constantly listening to that stuff, um, then you'll be aware of when the great idea comes up and you'll be able to grab it. Right. And so when it comes to like storyboarding, I do. I do storyboard, um, but like as I, I write stuff and I sort of do exploratory writing where I just write, write scenes about a character, but I don't have any goal in mind for the story. Um, but when it finally finishes into being a script, I do storyboard it and then I put it together as an animatic and then I watch it a bunch and then I basically throw all that stuff away in my mind. Like maybe we'll repeat that imagery, but now I just needed to memorize what I needed to say and things I needed to be aware of. And then we're on the set like I'll have boards available to make sure there are key things that don't forget to get that shot. Right. But, uh, you always want to be, uh, do that. So you have room to find the better shots that you're going to find or that other people are going to find or the DP is going to find, uh, when you're right there, because that's where the great stuff is going to be. So I totally agree with you on that sort of like, like be in it in the moment and then you'll, you won't ignore the great thing that could happen in favor the of the thing, thing that was designed. The thing that you do really well, which I thought was great, honestly speaking, was uh, so so just to get there was something we did I, I did with Dan uh, several several years ago, and the idea was um, I, I was I, w I wanted to do a pitch to uh, to be a speaker at THU, even though I know the, the the guys who run THU really well, but it was I wanted to get a specific type of conversation I wanted to do, and then I decided I was going to write it, and then I was like, no, I'm going to do it as a video. Uh, uh, oops, sorry, I'm gonna get rid of this guy on the chat here. Uh, because but with, it's how to become famous, Chris. Wait, oh. how to become famous? No, we'll never know. No, we'll never know. And then we're gonna ban this guy. Um, uh, no, how do I ban him? <laughs> Send him a very Hold on a second. email. Uh, no, there's a way to ban him real quick. 
uh, report, definitely report him. Uh, spam yeah, next. Is he gone? Gone. Okay. Who is he? As a as a spot. It's a bot. Fame bot. Sorry. Um, anyway. Uh, you cut away right now, and Brad Pitt's at his computer going, oh, those guys missed that. I was going to show you how to become famous <laughs> like me. Uh, uh, Forget uh, it now, okay. Chris. Uh, don't worry, McGregor. We will figure out your Discord situation. Yeah, coming. <laughs> don't you worry. We will. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll just get it sorted out for you. No problem. Um, okay. So um, uh, the uh, anyway. So we need. I went to do this video, and then my daughter had expressed interest at that time that she, she wanted to get more involved in doing uh, movies and shorts and stuff because she, she saw she saw what I had been doing and stuff, and she wanted to do more. So I basically offered her the opportunity to be the director on the short and I wish she was going to work with me on the script and everything else. And it was really basically just me talking to the camera about what I want to do, but we were going to do it as a more interesting short uh, and as a journey through this. And I uh, decided to bring in Dan as uh, a first AD mm -hmm. to help. And Dan my... got his daughter fired. From I was like, job. I'm not going to fucking work with this. This and is then, nonsense. And then yeah. he took over the production. <laughs> but, it was it ended up being really good because it was not just like okay we figured out all the different shots we needed mm -hmm. to do it but you also taught her about like no you need an extra shot here because you're going to want that during the edit like right. just him opening the door so all the all the extra coverage right mm -hmm. understanding all of that and sort of you know it was an all, it was like less than a minute but it took us all day to shoot sure. right she she was and, awesome though. she did a great job Great, great. Job. She did. And she, yeah. well, first of all, you were great at teaching her, like keeping her engaged and having her do this and having me not forget my lines, which I did <laughs> often. Uh, but it was, it was kind of a, this really great experience of like, oh, you know, just don't just shoot only the things <laughs> that you think are important. Shoot a lot yep. and get that and discover all these things because there's, you want, you want all that ammunition when you get to the edit room. <laughs> You want all that, all those colors on the palette. I mean, that's like, you may get right. to the edit room and just go like, we're just going to take that one single and throw the rest out. But you mm -hmm. don't want to only have that one single and have it be wrong. <laughs> like, right. like, yeah, like make, make room, like get all the key things, you know, are going to work so that you have room for, to see the movie you're making and film it like, uh, because that stuff is there. And I think that that works like with shooting and it works with actors and all this stuff. Like, you have an idea of where you're going, um, but you know, like work with the actor so that the idea really comes up out of them. They're the ones you're hiring to solve this thing for you. So you don't want to just tell them what to do. You want to co-create this thing with them and find what right. they're excited about. So they're excited. So they deliver, you know, and uh, it's like, you know, like the, the, the best, like directing, directing is like, if, if you're directing traffic, right you don't get in the car and drive it across the intersection for somebody. Like you just go hold your fire for a second, let this other person go. Now you go like, right. That's how to, that, that's what you're there to really do. You do, you're there to, to orchestrate it and to allow it to happen. You know? And I think like you see Eric's movies and you see Vera RL and stuff like this, like that's because these things were made with like real joy because of the people working on them. Like right. that's what you're recording. 
is the, how much fun it was to make. Yeah. My, my biggest problem with the things that I do sometimes, uh, is I sometimes get completely wrapped up in the task. <laughs> right. And like, oh. okay, here are all the steps I need to do to finish this. Right. And then when I finish it's like, oh shit, I forgot to make it look good. <laughs> <laughs> well, things man, it makes you like with your one you're one of the best producers I've ever known. And because <laughs> you are so you are fully aware of everything all the parts that make up a thing all the time. You know, right. like that's, that's why true. like what things come together, you know, URL was just like like it's amazing the level that that thing operates at, given the this little bit of money we had to make it with. We made it for five grand. <laughs> it's insane, and half of that was the bank location. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. It, it, it it's gold. It's gold, and that's like right. that's you know like everyone did a great job, but that movie doesn't exist except for your not just the skills of getting the shit together, but getting the right shit together so that it all works together. Yeah. Like that's, yeah. the, that's like being a chef, you know, like you, you aren't, the chef isn't the guy who cooks the food. That's the sous chef, you know, right. But the chef is the guy who has the big idea and knows what things are going to go together really, really well. Like, yeah. And like, that's, that is a, the, that is a, the topest, the most top level art position there is on a film for me. Like I, great, I do great. remember when suddenly I went from being, you know, producer to producer plus actor. And then at one point I had to have become producer plus actor plus director because you had to step yeah, away I had for to, two yeah, hours. Right. That's right. <laughs> you, and like and it was, and it was fluid. It was absolutely flawless. Like you just step right in and just, and got it. It was great. Oh, yeah. That's the way that stuff should be, man. It's like everybody's on the same page. Everyone's fucking dialed right in. And it's, it's so exciting. Like I've seen, so I've seen too many, I've worked on, I know plenty of short films with plenty of, fil plenty of filmmakers and it, almost always their exercises in like incredible anxiety, hmm. you know, just grinding fear, anger, anxiety, fucking dyspepsia. Um, but when we've worked together, it has been exciting and fluid and creative and amazing. And then the product ends up that way. Yeah. I like, I like what well, the, here's the thing is like, I, I do believe I have some creative talent. That's true. But my greatest joy is working with, with creative people to make something good together. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's the bouncing of ideas yeah. that feels more oh, energetic. Dude, when we came up with, uh, 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 the Fresnel line on the patio, like that was, <laughs> it was just like, we just knew it. We just knew we had it. Right. Like it got said and was just like, oh my God. <laughs> like that's a mm -hmm. whole movie. <laughs> now we know the movie. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, that was fun. That was fun. Um, but I I do want to bring this uh, like with 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 you know this guy. I mean, I don't know we don't know much about this this director. Right. He's only done two things, right? right? One of them was, you know, I want to say Citizen Kane level, but it was like it, it's it was movie, fucking it's good, yeah, really right? Not. And then the other one is like, okay, so did he get lucky? How it happened, or what? What opportunities? And and I think that just the idea of like COVID happened, like I just I just want to know, yeah, you know, or 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 are we all missing something? And Colin Farrell is right that this is a brilliant movie, and it's we just totally didn't possible. see it. I've only seen this once. 
only seen it once. And, and we have movie. done movies where we've seen them once yep. and we're like, I didn't get it. And then we see it a second time. It's like, Oh, oh fuck. I missed yeah, this I whole wrong. thing. Totally wrong. Yeah. Like, I mean, they, like this, I've said it before, but uh, the movie don't look now, which is my favorite horror movie of all time. And one of the great movies yeah. in the seventies. First time I saw it, I was angry at how much I hated it. I was just like, bah, 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 really? that fucking bad mounted for weeks. And I saw it again. I was like, Oh, I'm a dick. <laughs> yep. what about it made you so angry i don't know man like it just set me off i mean like the movie is i think it's because the movie is great and very upsetting and it upset me and i didn't want to be upset oh so i got, so I got uh, you know and uh because it's a you know like there's a there's some emotional pings there's emotional there's emotional buttons that movie pushes very well and very hard and i was unprepared to see it so i was pissed and so I want to blame the movie. And uh, there is definitely there, there's definitely like especially important movies like that, or even even like Columbus or whatever. If you if I saw that in the wrong state, it would it would be yeah. bad, 100%. right? Yeah. And I've seen I I am sure in recent in the last couple of years, my state has been fragile. Shall yeah, we no say. doubt. Have you right? not, not watched movies because you just have too much stress? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, I've been trying to watch a lot more movies and my family's like, no, fuck you. We're going to watch Seinfeld. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's good for you. It's true. You know what I mean? More because fun. that one is easy. We can yeah. deal with that one right. emotionally right now. Yeah. Under the like, I, something you have to buckle down for. It's hard to do right. during the most stressful time of the planet at the scene quite some time. Yeah. We just so, got out of something and now there's war. It's there. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, oh, Christ. Yeah, it's not, I'm not going to be watching Seven Prime. It's Ryan. practically World War Three. That's yeah. yeah. Uh, things are ugly. Things are ugly. It's causing terrible anxiety for people in ways that it never should. Jesus Christ. Really? You have to do this now, you fucking put- piece of shit? Not, not happy about it. Having, having some nightmares. What are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing my best to remember that this is currently out of my realm of control and it's like, nope, there's a tornado. You want to hear? Okay. <laughs> I had a very strange dream, which you guys are going to laugh at, but it was very vivid and bizarre. Mm-hmm. Right. So I was, I was asleep as I, in, in reality, but in my dream, I was asleep and woken up. And I realized that my bedroom was dark, but was in a side room of a church mm. of some kind. Nice. Okay. And I was woken up by the sermon that was being given, right? Thing is, and the sermon was being given by Roger Stone. Oh God, that's horrible. Okay, <laughs> and Roger Stone was giving a sermon to a bunch of people, explaining to them with slides why Putin's invasion of Ukraine was a command from God. Oh, oh wonderful, Roger Stone. He's the fucking what? the guy the the guy the guy who who was imprisoned and then uh, for for conspiracy political. and then about, was pardoned by Trump yeah. and then he tried to like he oh, was heavily involved guy. in January sixth yes. anyway he was the one that was basically like giving a a, a a a preaching to all these you know hardcore religious people about how Putin's invasion of Ukraine was you know directed by god yeah that's right it's the uh, kingdom come that's right yeah i was like that is a fucked and i woke I up i woke up in the middle i woke up I angry like, 
Like, like it wasn't a nightmare. It was, it was a nightmare in the sense of it just made me so fucking angry mm -hmm. that I woke up just angry. Yeah. And just like, you know, you know, do you ever have, I'm sure maybe I'm, I'm hopefully I'm not the only one, but you have conversations with people you disagree with in your head. Mm, sure. Usually. I'm and I hate it. Yep. I hate the fact that I have this because it just, you're just basically regurgitating anger. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, and it was just, I, I was having this angry conversation and, and three o'clock in the morning, instead of actually sleeping, I couldn't sleep because I was so angry because of what happened in that, in my dream. And I was like, God damn it. Dreams are supposed to release that from you. And right. instead it just made it worse. Yeah. 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 No, it's, this is the highest anxiety period I've had in quite some time. And, uh, <clears throat> I, like I've had to sort of work this through, like, because it's been difficult to go to sleep <laughs> and, uh, like, you know, growing up, uh, fearing this kind of stuff when you're a child is bad. Um, but as I've talked about before, uh, it was also, unlucky slash lucky enough to be on Manhattan for 9-11. And so I know, uh, you know, at least in a more immediate sense, the effect of having things that are out of your control come in and totally blow up your whole life in a very literal way. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so like in my, my experience that day is point zero 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 three percent of say anyone in ukraine um but it rings a very loud bell for me when i see this kind of stuff happen and it the panic starts to kick in and connects to say my youngest self you know having just watched the day after <laughs> when i was a kid and you yeah. know crying myself to sleep for a month so like the fact that we're in this kind of position is uh is not just yeah terrifying. it's embarrassing i think yeah so it was very it's very hard yeah. um but i wanted i want to find a way like i, I there's got to be there's got to be ways that we can get out of this because i think you brought up something very interesting and you've made you've made that this point a couple of times that the, our creativity mm -hmm. especially on the film side of things kind of maybe not specifically but died off after 9 11 mm. or at least our interest in creative things like we don't have what we we don't have the the the, the hunger for for interesting films and and we're art for like we did in the for, 70s we're looking for well, much much things that supplemented that it's facebook it's sure, other things that, yeah. eyes were doing something else and i think because of maybe 9 11 the fear of unknown and things, it seems safer. Yeah. Not like, physically like going to the theater and afraid, it's but it's, it's right. a new form of, you know, feeling power, feeling, expressing yeah. yourself, something. And it's just, okay. Okay. Well, let's just put it this way. Let me put it something in context. It was interesting. All right. I've been thinking about film history for a little bit and especially Hollywood film history a lot. Mm -hmm. Right. So in the 1940s, right during the war <laughs> literally right that we were making a lot of movies that were a distraction from the war right right 
you know, Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers, yeah, those yeah, types of movies, that, right? Yeah. right? Musicals. Those were, that's what people wanted to go to the movies right. to see. Right. Right. But then, so that seems, okay. So the movies are a distraction from reality, which it seems that that's what we're doing with this Marvel bullshit. Mm -hmm. Right. I hate to say Marvel bullshit. I'm not, I don't want to really. Yeah, I'm not anti-Marvel. I'm just like, right. We need, we yes, need to I know it's called escapism. Yeah. Absolutely. I understand right. what that, what I mean, but what happened where in the seventies, we said, we want to make something about Vietnam. Yeah, that's not escapism. Right. We want to engage this. We yeah. want to engage in this. Right. Cause like uh, there, there are things in the forties where they like engages world war two, but they're, like and I don't mean this in the negative term way that we, but they're propaganda movies. Like Casablanca is a propaganda yeah. movie, and sure. like, these are these are like very positive spins on going and doing a good thing because evil is taking over the world, right? And, but there's not a lot of self-reflective stuff. Um, and in the seventies, there's an enormous amount, you know, like for, for both government and uh, Vietnam, you know, uh, you get stuff that is we really grapple with the the, the terror that we're experiencing slash causing right yeah. but I, I there was something where we engaged with it and we created something very interesting that you know like zombie films was an interesting like yeah. the, the, yeah. I, i've been thinking about zombie films a lot right <laughs> like zombie films are sort of be, started appearing around that time as well mm -hmm. which was like what a weird genre yeah. to really pick up on well it's specifically the george romero like night of living dead you think everyone i think today thinks that zombies have always been zombies the way that we see them now it is not right. true it is late 1960s george romero like re reacting to cultural stresses and the vietnam war and everything else right turns zombies from like you have been zombified and you're just wandering around in a, in a daze like in i walked with a zombie to right. flesh eating ghoul monsters are zombies that's in a single film, and now that's just the way we see them. And it's because the mm -hmm. movie is so uh, emotionally and politically powerful. Like, you can't not... Like, the lead lead actor in that is black, you know, which is pretty yeah. shocking for the, for the day. And the mm -hmm. statements are, like, when you see a bunch of, you know, in the end of the movie, when you see a bunch of these, uh, you know, rednecks out with rifles shooting random people, you're like, What's happening? <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. that's right. Also available in public domain. <laughs> yes, all the true. Great film. It's really a great film. Is it really? Yeah. It's yeah. Incredible. Very. It's scary. a public domain film now. Yeah, definitely worth saying. That's that is still one of the top top zombie experiences you can possibly have in a movie theater, and uh, and and socially rings true uh, today as well. Yeah. But yeah, like that's the that's the way we chose, to, especially you know indie film, because I mean we talked about like obviously the collapse of the studio system in the um, in the fifties uh, over the fifties leads to the sixties and seventies, most importantly the seventies in American cinema, and mm -hmm. uh, it's because in the sixties indie filmmakers were really they had the technology to do this, like to go and make whatever the hell they wanted, usually for Roger Corman, and they made things like Night of the Living Dead. You know, where, where it's just like, I'm making something that's really socially challenging and ultra entertaining and gory and bloody and sells tickets. Like, it's because they were willing to engage that kind of stuff that ends up with Easy Rider, right? Right. Uh, and Easy Rider explodes. And then as the studios collapse, 
like they're like what the fuck do we do who are like we got to find some interesting new filmmakers right and they find all these people that are really politically found coppola and they find lucas fact, like and because yeah. even even lucas who doesn't you know like you think of him only as star wars star wars is a political movie he meant that he said so he meant that as an allegory yeah. for vietnam I loved, I love listening to like, you know, watch or reading, uh, uh, easy rise and raging bulls like Coppola and, and, and Lucas were, were very close, mm-hmm. right? Yep, yeah. Very, very close. Yep. And I think that there's something about, about, um, how the, their relationship was and like Coppola was a championing THX 1138. Oh right? yeah. Coppola's and everyone else like, I don't get it. Like, you know, it's a weird, weird ass film. Like, like I almost, you know, honestly speaking, guys, I would love for us to do a double feature of George Lucas, where we're just doing eleven thirty eight and and uh, American Graffiti. Oh, yeah. like that's it. I mean, well, yeah, those are those are very because those are great films. Really yeah, and like the and because he was, I think, because uh, he says, "Oh, I regret selling to Star Wars to Disney for four billion or whatever he did." Like what he actually resents is uh, selling out Star Wars way earlier on. Like Star Wars began as a work of art for him and it turned into a pop culture money machine and destroyed right. his creative career. Like he, and he's done loads of great stuff for, for the industry technologically and all this stuff. He has, there's lo- lo- loads of great things to say about Lucas. He's also continued to be a political filmmaker. Even when he made the prequels, but when he was doing Star Wars, he also was the guy who came up with the idea for apocalypse now. And he was, he was going to direct apocalypse now. And then the whole idea was to, they were going to go to Vietnam while it was still happening and make Apocalypse Now. And like in style. Like, and right. even Coppola was like, that's bananas. <laughs> like, we can't actually do that. You know? Right. And then it turned into Coppola's project. After that. But like, the, yeah. these guys are, had something to say. They did. They yeah. Did. And his, uh, what, what, what was uh, uh, Lucas's wife, Marsha, right? Yeah. She was a great, Editor. Editor, you're a fantastic editor. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, yeah. And like I think that uh yeah, the things things collapsed for for Star Wars once he became hands off over that and spent more time trying to finagle, you know, action figure rights and all this kind of jazz. And Star Wars turns into Well, it turns uh, into a business. Turns into a business. Um right, because by by the time by okay, so so he did he did one, he's handed the second one to another director, mm-hmm. and then he's like trying to regain control but by then it was too big he was yeah, too big with it that's like a that's 20th century fox you know like there you go yeah, yeah. and so like it's uh, i think that he always resented his resented himself for that choice and it came out in various ways uh i don't know the guy personally obviously but like it seems like from his actions and from the movies he made and did not make chose to produce and whereas like steven spielberg for instance uh has always been able to split the vote entirely between being a very like insanely creative artist and a mega pop icon director, you know? And so like even in, even in his weakest movies, he's just experimenting all the time. Talk about a guy who tells stories visually. It's like the less of a screenplay he has, the better a movie he makes. Mm -hmm. He is like absolutely on. Like you watch like fucking, like he makes you watch, Munich and War of the Worlds back to back. He made those in the same year. Like, I can't even imagine that. <laughs> like, you yeah, just can't imagine it. It's mind blowing. It's incredible. Yeah, it's absolutely, it's absolutely mind blowing. But these are like, 
Minority Report is a political movie. I would say even like um, AI is a political movie. Uh, and I would even say that Ready Player One is a political movie. Like it's not the movie it seems to be. Like he has a whole different thing that he's actually talking about under the surface of the movie that is mm. not kind and it's not fun and positive. Uh, and uh, like that's the kind of stuff where that we don't have a lot of, like you said, we don't have a lot of appetite for that right now. Hmm. What I, I this, is, this is the irony, right? Of, of Ready Player One. Like, I read the book and I was like, oh, yeah, nostalgia fest. Right. It's nostalgia fest. Nostalgia fest specifically for the 80s, which is now I'm like, as a Gen Xer, I'm like, I'm fucking tired of it, yeah. right? This, like this, just, this bullshit made up 80s that I did not experience. <laughs> right. So, so, but Spielberg was an important part of that. Right. So they hired Spielberg to make a movie about an era that he defined. Right. Right. Which is ironic. Yes. In a lot of ways. Right. Well, there's, there's a weird, I mean, I've talked about the, I'll make this very, very short. I've talked about AI before. I think that AI is actually a, no. uh, a horribly, uh, I mean, it's a, it's a brilliant film in that no. it is a, Oh, wait, wait, wait. Nope. It is a viciously misanthropic, cruel-hearted horror film. It's not about a sweet little boy. It's about a monster who thinks he's a sweet little boy. And we've gone through, we've had this so, conversation before. We can have it again. No, no, I don't no, I'm mind. saying that. I just want to get that out of the way so people know what I'm saying next. That um, Ready Player One to me reads this way, where I'm like, I don't think he celebrates what he seems to be celebrating in that movie. Like, and the key to that is that AI was Kubrick's thing that he wanted yeah. Spielberg to do. Right. And, uh, and in the book, ready player one, uh, it's all about memorizing war games, right. And re repeating war games accurately. Instead, he brings in the shining, right. And he perfectly replicates the shining and then turns it into the haunted mansion by Disney. Like he takes a work of art and destroys it right in front of your eyes. Like if it had been any, if it had been like a, um, a Derek Jarman movie, he would have bought a Picasso and lit it on fire and filmed it. Like that's what's right. actually happening in that film. Yeah. He basically takes the shining and makes it into a ride film, makes it into a ride film. And it's like, and it's, and it's like, that's what you want to see. Right. And he's saying it like you fucking idiots. Like that's what, this is the world I created great yeah but I the problem is trouble watching ready player one it, it was it was like getting cathetered it really it was is hard a, it is a noisy angry mess it is an angry movie it's an angry ugly movie and i think I'm, there i have i have some people that i know that i, I work with or whatever they're looking at the trailer to the new jurassic jurassic park and they're like I can't wait to see all the things that I want. They already expect to see. Yeah, God. I want. Give me more dinosaurs. Give me all the actors me. of my childhood. Right. Give me. Give it to me again. Yep. The same exact way that I had it thirty years ago. Because back then, when I was twelve, I was happy. I'm right. not happy now, but I was really happy when I was twelve. So give me more things of when I was twelve. Yep. It's yep. like, ugh. Why? You had it when you were 12. <laughs> Why do you want it again? Get something new. Show me something new. Were you happy when you were 12? I was a, I was a happy 12-year-old, sure. I was getting to see all that. I think I was. Park, all that stuff here. I think it was. Um, 
I was fairly happy. But like, I, I like this is the okay. For instance, there is a movie I would reference it earlier. Come on, come on. Okay, come on, come on is probably it's in my top five from last year. It's one of the, it's incredibly good, uh, and it's about Walking Phoenix taking care of his nephew, essentially, and uh, and it's beautifully beautifully done in every single way and. An absolutely, uh, like a absolutely real version of parent-child relationships, as opposed to the corny version, which is what we always see in movies, right? And uh, and I have a I have a good friend who did not like the movie because I think it doesn't have any of the uh, any of that stuff, any of the sort of like I want to feel good about childhood stuff is not in this movie. Like huh. it, and like, and I totally get it. I mean, like, I'm, there are movies. I'm like, I see like Fly Away Home and ET and all this stuff. Like, I love these movies, but I think that there is there is not a, and this is not to diss my friend, but I'm just saying like there is not so much a taste for seeing something that's real. Like it's like that is upsetting, and we live in upsetting times. And even though the movie itself is not overall upsetting, like right. just because it feels real, you feel unprepared for things that happen. And the last fucking thing we want is to feel unprepared more. Right. Well, it's kind of like, and I mentioned this before, like my mother, when she saw sideways, she was expecting some romantic movie about the wine country in California. Right. And it's like, that's not what you're going to get. Right. right. It's so mean. Yeah. It's naked guy run down the street. <laughs> like, that's what that yep. movie is. Yeah, exactly. But I, what what is it what is it about are we wrong for liking films that expose something that makes us what you know like I like films that expose the 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 the, the our our dark thoughts I think it's a I think it's a, a healthy part of a film diet to do that I, well any story Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to just be film or book or whatever, right. but like show us, show me something that says, Hey, you had a dark thought. That's okay. Other people have those yeah. too. Right. <laughs> well, it's like, this is my, my, my strongest feeling about storytelling in general is that not to say to act on it, because yeah. there's a repercussion that you need to learn, which the film will teach you as well. <laughs> right. Like the, these are, you know, like stories do like in very vague terms, they do one of two things. One, they either reinforce something that you believe by t- testing whether it's valuable, Star Wars, The Untouchables, um, got any of this stuff. Or it's just like, like here's this thing you believe in it, but it's really hard to do. Do you believe in it? Yes, I believe. And then lightsabers, fantastic. You know? And then there's, uh, there are movies that test your beliefs in like your assumptions about yourself you know, and put things to a, hard, a harder, more unpleasant test, like Taxi Driver where you feel empathy for Travis Bickle, even though you also think he is horrifying. Right. Like that's good for you to see because it you're, you are looking in an aspect of yourself. You do not normally permit yourself to look at. Like that's what art does extremely well is like it either, it either makes you feel good about the things you find, or it makes you question the things you find, but it is about what you find in yourself. That's what right. art is. Right. And that's what films do. And people, for the most part, you know, including myself, have become avoidant of the second kind. Like, that's very hard to watch right now because there's a lot of fucking anxiety. And we don't want, we're afraid of what's behind the Facebook page. 
Like, what if people find out I'm not that great a person sometimes? Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway. Or Lots they just think don't about... expose who, not if I'm good a person or not, but um, I think everyone wants to just keep going farther and farther and more and more in some ways. So you don't want to compromise yourself because that could affect what you want and get. You know? Yeah, everything yeah, is about presentation, right. you know, and composure. So, yeah. and people don't like to look at flaws, and uh, because you know they have to stay perfect. In well, a way. and I think that's a social media. Well, there's part. a romanticism, right? That's the thing. There's a romanticism about their existence and their role in this in this place, and this these things are not always. I always, I've been saying for like 10 years, like everybody just wants to be in a club, a country club. It's some sort of club. You know what yeah. I mean? And yeah. it's like, it's, it's exactly like right. what a hundred years ago was the elite country clubs on the gold coast. And that was it, you know, and some medical clubs in Newark right. and that's it. And then all of a sudden everyone is just compartmentalized. This is my club. This is my club. And at the end, it's like, I, I've always believed since I was like 11 that Woody Allen, when I saw, you know, it's like, I don't want to be part of country club that would have me as a member. And that's pretty much how I've always felt since I was like 11. I was like, right. I feel the same way. Right. Why, if they have me, I. That was actually a Groucho Marx. That originally Groucho it Marx is. Line. And he quotes it in Annie Hall. It says, yeah. I'm quoting, you know, Groucho um, Marx. Yeah. Groucho Marx. And, but I believe that. So it's like, you know, it's not to say it's I'm right or it's perfect, but it's like I think everyone's compartmentalizing, so they don't want to see the bad stuff. They don't want to, you know. Well, it's an, out to, an artificial. To I'm I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this mm -hmm. is that the three of us are in a club called Martini Giant, mm -hmm. and I'm proud to be in that club. It's a good club. I'm just saying that. I'm and I'm proud that we have this amazing chat group and everyone yeah. on this and, and everyone that's involved in this chat has yep. been absolutely amazing do you see this as a club yeah it's a party it's a club <laughs> it's definitely a party well it's not an official club club yeah. but it's everyone club. Club. It's club we've got a discord we've got a twitch it's a club dude yeah dude we all yeah. love this stuff it, this is this is a non aren't you happy club. when you're here with us i am <laughs> i don't have a lot of friends so this is so like this is good, this is good. good. yeah this is, this is great so it's like right. drinks with friends. Um, yep. So I like that. I love, you know, I do a lot, you know, obviously it's a good way to express yourself. And, uh, but like I've always said, I don't listen to these because then it's going to like, it, it turns it into something else. You don't need to listen to it. You're just doing yeah. it right now. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I'm saying some people like to listen to it after they've done it. And I, right. I fear it's going to, it will turn my perception of it into something else. And then I'll change my behavior. I guess that's right. like storyboarding and throw them away. Right. Yeah. Well, right. don't worry. Right. Uh, tr trust me, Eric, I'm, I'm QCing things. It's not the greatest QC, but it's still working. People are listening. <laughs> I never worried uh, about the QC to be honest. <laughs> so just put it out. So, yeah. So I, I just, you know, it goes, it gets out there, but here's the thing, right? I think that, you know, we're, we're like you said, we were saying at the, three hours ago when we started it's like we are people that make things mm -hmm. we are not just trying to be you know critiquing films but we're talking about the things that inspire us and those things that inspire us and, and educate us are things that turn into the things that we make right so we this is a great opportunity for us to sort of 
think about these these things and share it with everyone uh, and put it, put them out there and make those great things. So I, I believe that at one point, you know, things are going to happen uh, that we are, <laughs> we are going to turn this Martini Giant brand into a creative brand in some I, ways. I endorse this 100%. Complete agreement. And I think this is going to happen just naturally mm -hmm. uh, uh, because I, you know, I'm not trying to push it in any ways. I want this to be exactly the way it is right now uh, and not have to really get too crazy about it because honestly, this is what makes me happy mm -hmm. is to be that here with you. And, uh, and, and there's time we you know the three of us get together more than just one time a week, but uh, because we talk about, you know, the business side of Martini Giant and there is a little bit of a business side of things, but I, I just, love hanging out with you guys and this is an important part of what we do Amen. so i want to keep that keep that up so in a lot of ways so yep much much in agreement and uh and yeah i think that this especially since we've opened up to discord and we have like live chat happening like it's become an, an even more exciting gig right than it was before watch um, chris service papers on monday he's like suing us i just want to say uh, I also want to throw out uh, to the to the chat just for posterity. I want to read a couple of things from the chat that I really loved. Um, uh, <laughs> Jason, uh, when we had the spam bot, put up spam botanist, and I just loved that. That is good. <laughs> uh, Dave, three guys said good advice is to have a B camera uh, with a person that's going around and getting uh, close ups of everything uh, uh, for possible inserts later. I totally agree with that, as Dave himself has done that for me many many times and saved my goddamn bacon um, yep. and uh he says my favorite gag in a uh, v-ray irl was the unwrapped mirror ball shot and i have to agree that is one of my favorite jokes <laughs> when it goes and you see the glory of the bank i loved hitting lawn in the face oh man that's a good one. Oh, that's a good one hitting lawn in the face uh oh um um because he is technically my boss yeah incredible <laughs> <laughs> that's the, that is the most memorable th that that eight seconds is going to outlive all of us <laughs> yeah. well, it turned into a fucking t-shirt <laughs> so which is great yeah was that yeah. dan thron's jeep no that's a uh, mark Perry. daniel buck's right. jeep oh, yeah, that's right daniel no, buck's no, sorry, daniel i buck's meant jeep. to say dan buck yeah daniel buck's yeah jeep. that's his jeep yeah. yeah that's pretty good. his license plate it does say uh dns fail yes so good. that is actually his actual real license plate for his jeep uh, uh, further on, McMonkey Man added, "No, we just watched Love Is Blind. I also watched Love Is Blind, McMonkey Man. Of course, I haven't seen the Brazilian one yet." Uh, Romero Zombies. This is a C, uh, CT Jenny. Romero Zombies are a comment on how society was just walking through life. Uh, a plus. Agreed. Uh, School of Roger Corman. I'm a big fan of this, and uh, we should do an entire podcast on that. Uh, okay. And uh, let's see, Dave back with Steven Spielberg also simultaneously make Jurassic Park and Schindler's List. Yes, he did. Um, I'm not a giant fan of of uh, Jurassic Park, but it is an amazing achievement uh, to that he can just go ahead. I mean, yeah. just mind blowing that he does that kind of stuff. Yep. Uh, and then uh, and then finally, uh, Eric, uh, teaching is great. Um, uh, more of what I'm uh, helpless against uh, with no subjective hope. I need uh, to be ready to see. So yeah, I think these are awesome things to say. I completely sure. agree. Jason, it's just that, like, you need to you need to have um, watched lots of fortifying, healthy things that are somewhat unpleasant to have the tools to deal with unpleasant times because it actually gives you hope when you know how to react. Yeah, to why the stories are told in the first place. Yeah, yeah, 
These are like, like horror movies are training grounds for you to deal with your fears. Like that's why people get addicted to them around 14 or 15 years old. You know, it puts, it puts that nervous system through a, uh, a trial. Yeah. They weren't ready to deal with them at an earlier age, right. right? but they need to confront some, they need to, it's almost, yeah, they need to, to do it somehow. Yep. And so they do it through film instead of actual experiences. Yep. This is how, this is, this is what stories are for, man. Like even the, even the silliest story is teaching something or well, you teach yourself something. Freaking nursery rhymes are terrifying. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Everything, everything, everything artistic is about discovering yourself. And that's what this stuff does best. Anyway, I've, we've done a, we've done, uh, this was a great episode guys. Again, we're doing, I think we're doing, we're, uh, I loved it. Um, I was interesting to see how we all thought about after Yang. Uh, I'm super glad to have watched Columbus again. Oh, it's a movie. I believe I will be watching over and over again because I absolutely adore how it looks. It is. And I think you're right. It's going to be up there along the lines of um, uh, local hero, which yeah. I think is. It just does gorgeous. it all perfectly. Everything, it, everything it brings to the table. Spot on. I do actually, you know what? One of the people who recommended uh, uh, Columbus to me was Eric Stoltz. And you guys don't, not the Eric Stoltz, not the, the actor, Eric but, Stoltz, Eric, but the other Eric, Stoltz. but uh, another Eric Stoltz, who is a vice president over at Gensler. And uh, I've known him for years. He and I worked together at Gensler back when I was there, but that was a long time ago. And he's like, we should talk, look at Columbus. And he was absolutely right. Great film. So if Eric is, he's definitely not on this uh, Twitch, but if he's listening to this, Thank you for mentioning that. And I totally loved it. Yeah. Um, and I've seen it twice and I'll probably see it many times more. What a picture. What a <laughs> picture. What a picture. Um, anyway, uh, I think this is a good time to wrap it up. Uh, probably do a, you guys want to do a, a watch party next week? Probably do a watch party next week. Yeah, I think so. we're in good shape. That's good. Uh, yeah, for everyone so, who is uh, on the chat, I'm sure, but everyone else in the audience, we do watch parties. Watch parties you do by linking your Twitch to your Amazon account. Uh, yeah. And then go on to Amazon and look for Amazon Prime and on Prime for free. Pick a movie mm -hmm. that you like, send it to us, and we'll choose from those. Uh, we're looking for things that are really, really silly uh, that you don't mind us talking through, or really, like we've seen it so many times, like Die Hard, that we can talk over it anyway. Uh, we did Predator. Predator was awesome. Yeah. That's a great, great example yeah. of that. Mm -hmm. um, you can also uh, uh, you can hit us up on Discord, uh, Martini Giant server Discord. Uh, you can hit us up at Twitter at Martini underscore Giant. Uh, you can no, no Twitter is Martini, Martini Giant. at Martini Giant, and then Martini mm -hmm. underscore Giant is our Instagram. Uh, mm -hmm. And you can write to us at podcast at martinigiants.com. Yeah, absolutely. And and and, and uh, yeah, like I said, the, our Discord has become fairly active. So uh, please, just I, I'm I, I mean we're doing an audio version, so just check it out. Uh, but just look, look look on Discord to see if you can find Martini John on Discord. Um, I'm pretty sure you can find it. Uh, I'm gonna talk with my um, assistant moderator to find out more about uh, things. Uh, Dave Thede wants to do Chud. That's <laughs> not a Judd. bad That's idea. A good movie. That's a good movie. I like that movie. Talk yeah. about a political movie. That's a very movie. Yeah, we may we may look at Chud. Yeah, Chud, pretty fun as a thing. That's a good idea, Dave. So yeah. I'm putting that on the list. Do they on have the list? Chud two. Speaking of Shindler's list, yeah. what do they have? Uh, <laughs> Chud two, Bud the Tread. If they do, I don't know about we got that we got two weeks in a row. 
<laughs> uh, okay. Uh, we did, we did, uh, what did we do last week? We did, um, Banzai. Buckaroo Banzai. That, that was, was that was so much fun. That was hysterical. Yeah. Did you guys hear the story? Someone put it, uh, uh, someone, uh, either on our Discord Jason or something. Talk I'm, to, sure. I'm not sure. That was a story about the watermelon. Did, yeah. did you hear that? Yeah. Did you see that, Eric? This is no. great. Oh, so you were the one who were watching. It's like, what the fuck is up with the watermelon? So apparently you got to get on the Discord more, Eric, because it's hilarious. It's good someone did a little I, research. Apparently, apparently what happened on the uh, is that the the movie was kind of getting out of control and they were trying to figure out if the executives were even paying attention <laughs> anymore. Anything in the day. So they were, they bought some random fucking fruit on the street and they put it in the shot just to see what the hell was going on. And the studio executives weren't replying back like what's up with the watermelon in the middle of the shot so they knew that they could do whatever the hell they wanted so the watermelon was just there to see if anyone at the studio was so actually looking at their Ross. dailies That's oh, great. It's so good it's so good and so, like that is the only movie with multi-million dollar visual effect shots and uh, uh vr no glasses. one's got control of this vr glasses made out of bubble wrap as a prop like you can't yeah 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 it was both jason you you and egz were, were, were did the whole yeah so so yeah right. so like on the discord chat we talk about the watch Which party long after discord, we watch may it. I ask? Uh, it's just in the general chat i think yeah, i think that was in general chat but we do have uh, a bunch of different things yeah we have uh yeah for anyone who does have suggestions they go in the suggestion box uh mg memes has a, a couple of fun things and almost everything goes in the uh, uh just out the top in general but also look at the subscriber lounge now hopping what? pictures of muffins yeah yes what's that <laughs> subscriber lounge dude this is it look at, oh my god yeah i'm seeing the recipe too and muffins uh, uh, oh my god yeah, this is this, this to be, I, this, I think that's an instagram post daddy that is that's beautiful. an instagram post that i uh chris by the way i lost my voltaku thing so maybe send me a new invite yeah yeah, yeah i can get you all set up with that somehow it's gone all right but this okay. is awesome yeah I'm very, very happy. And anyway, so I, this is great. Uh, please, please join our, <laughs> please join our Discord because it's, amen. Cause it's, it's, just, it's just a happening place, man. People who love join this it, stuff, see the muffins. This conversation. Oh, and the uh, my 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 fellow moderator has set up a bunch of things as well. Like you can set up roles. She set up a bunch of roles based on time zones. Mm -hmm. So you can uh, give yourself a role of time zone so that you know, like the person you're talking to approximately what time zone they're in so if they don't reply it's probably because they're asleep yep. etc figured that was a good a good plan. Plan. A little good suggestion like idea all right uh but we will probably do a watch party chud uh is a good idea for next week uh but we'll continue going on our other podcast and if you're listening to this as an actual podcast remember that this was probably recorded like six weeks ago or eight weeks ago, yes exactly like <laughs> the world uh yeah. but uh but yeah please uh come and check us out at that uh next watch party hang out have a good time and it's now time to say our thing yes absolutely you ready yes. drink talk drink, drink.